Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, this is comedian, writer, and KISS fan Courtney Cronin-Dold. And if you like hearing two hot guys talk about KISS, farts, and Vinnie Vincent standing on tanks, then this is the show for you. Turn it up if you love it loud. Podcasts, not farts. It's Shout It Out Loud guest with Tom and Zeus. Okay. Salve, magna, album, canta, vitre, sensio, dergem, estet, ama, muste. <laughs> Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Shout It Out Loudcast. Don't turn your radio dial. You're in the right place because it's Crimson Day and the album review crew is back with episode 32. We're calling this one Hail When Planets Collide. This means war, and we'll all go up in flames. Let destruction reign. Tommy Zeus, how are you? Oh, wow. I'm excited to be back. I missed, I missed seeing all these faces. And uh, what, what, a, what a better way to welcome back ARC than with my cutting edge off the radar pick. Woo! This is going to be good. Eight years of Latin down the drain. I have no idea what the <laughs> fuck you said. I don't think All you right, said so anything. What I said, what, no, what I said was, welcome to the Shout It Out Loudcast. The album review crew is back, and we love you. That's what oh, I Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you just plug that into Google Translate? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I, I do have a person that speaks Latin <laughs> at work, but I wasn't about to tell him, hey, can you translate this for me? What do you mean no. speaks Latin? You mean reads Latin? Nobody speaks Latin. Well, whatever. It. Whatever. <laughs> it's a they dead, understand it. That the dead language that I decided to take four years in high school, four years in college, is fucking useless because some genius years ago said, like, well, you want to be a lawyer? You should really learn Latin. Why? It means no fucking difference. <laughs> Awful. But oh. anyway, that was great, Sonny. Thank you for that. And uh, yeah, we're back. A little hiatus, only a couple of weeks longer than we usually take. But we're back with Tom's pick. And Tom decided to take a, a, a little bit of a different path, which we like from time to time. But as usual, before we go forward, we go back. And before that, we had a uh, kind of polar opposite type of look of a band at that time. And we did Cinderella's Night Songs. And as usual, we did a poll. Did we do the poll? We didn't. Yeah, we didn't. We, we remembered this time. But polls are hit or miss with ARC. Sometimes we just completely blank on them. But we did this one. So, yeah, we did Night Songs. That was our uh, Patreon pick. So, as usual, uh, four songs. Shake Me, Somebody Save Me, Nobody's Fool, and 
push, push, <laughs> made, it in, <laughs> made it into the pole. The lyrics um, from this album and the lyrics to push, push could not oh. be polar opposite. Um, so shake me wins. It was, it was a kind of a tight poll. Shake me really? at 34. Yeah. Shake me at 34. Then somebody saved me and nobody's fool. We're tied at 26 and then push, push at 14, <laughs> at 14, making a valiant effort to get out of the single digits there. So, um, couple comments, Ken in Satan service. Great episode. I love all their stuff, but always found it strange that after night songs, the musical direction completely changed. Was it Tom Kiefer's plan? All along. Hmm. Um, oh, and then then I'm going to I'm going to address this comment here just because I think other people have mentioned this. So this is from MD. He says procedural question. Do you guys have any control over where your ads get dropped into? I'm getting into this episode. And right after Tom asks Sonny for his history of this album, boom, a string of ads in sun, instead of Sonny's reply to answer your question. Not really. So, I didn't yeah. notice that. I <laughs> thought it was in the same place it always was, but I didn't notice that. No, here's the problem. We in our in our regular loudcasters episodes, we always do the little running gag or we like, hey, I'll be right back. I'm gonna go tickle Vinnie Vincent's butt. Yeah. And I know that's where I'll drop it. And we leave a little space so it makes sense. The conversation kind of ends. We forget to do it on this show. Exactly. So I randomly like, okay, did any one of us shut the fuck up for like two seconds so I can fit it in? Right. And I try to do it as decent as possible so it's not right in the middle of like the greatest song of all time is beep, you know. Do you need help with your credit cards? If so, wait a minute. What? They were just talking about Cinderella. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my favorite, Tom, I know this will get him laughing. My credit card debt was outrageous. outrageous. (laughs) But they're not called credit care counseling. They took my house and my car and my wife, and now I'm out of debt. (laughs) Well, here, we should should drop it right about here. Let's thank Tony. (laughs) There, drop it there. (laughs) That's right. We We always forget Tony. Hey, by the uh, way, so uh, we talked about this before we got on the air. Yeah. So Tony's band Restrained is trying to get be one of those bands that jump on the Kiss Cruise. Yep. So all our listeners out there, I know we shit on the kid all the time, but in all seriousness, it'd be pretty cool to get Restrained on a Kiss Cruise. Yeah. So when those polls come out or if you see a Kiss Cruise or six man talks about a post of anything, please put in Restrained and Kiss on the for the kiss cruise that'd be yeah, awesome definitely all right now let's go some, back ba- to shitting on him again next week and uh well, well yeah we'll do yeah yeah he gets up he gets a one week a one month respite from us so we'll be nice to him now uh we'll get back to a, some feedback here funky phil great episode i had this album cover art on the back of my jean jacket wow okay Rob Myers, Cinderella was my first concert. I went out, I went to see them on the Heartbreak Station tour. Push Push was number two in the set list. Wow. Mm, we're going to go into the episode feedback here. That's some poll feedbacks. Generally speaking, I mean, generally speaking, a lot of people like Cinderella. Uh, a lot of people like night songs better than Long Cold Winter. I don't know. I think after doing this episode, I think I flipped the script to Long Cold Winter. I don't know. Our buddy Twisted Kister, who we hung out with all weekend in Nashville. I agree that Cinderella are one of the top tier 80s bands. Somehow I never dove into this album until later, even though I devoured the other three upon release. Most songs are good. I just don't have much history except for the singles that they released. Okay. 
Um, let's see. Dr. Two. Watch this and tell me that the lead singer slash frontman should not do the guitar solos. Uh, and then he then he posts a video from Y&T um, talking about Dave Manichetti. So we talked about him because I know you and Tony are, uh, Sonny, you and Tony are big Y&T guys. Uh, let's see. Danny Wally too. Danny's a huge Y&T. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're, they're West Coast band, right? Yeah. 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 Wally Vidal Espinosa. Tom Kiefer is playing with LA Guns and Faster Pussycat in my area next month. I asked my girlfriend if she wants to go see Cinderella, and she thought I was talking about the Disney princess. <laughs> um, Sonny, you should come out and see them with me. I'll throw in a couple of ponchos so you can <laughs> yeah. protect yourself from Tom Kiefer's spit. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh-oh. West Beach. About time you guys got back to an actual rock album that I can listen to. Ooh, I'm anxious to see what he thinks of Avenged Sevenfold. In the Middle says, great episode. And Final Countdown is a great album. Top five hair metal album for me. Uh Uh-oh, that's some Europe Europe feedback right there for you, Zeus. Bam, bam. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. I had had that album and the album afterwards. I, I don't think they're bad albums at all. They're just not top five. They're pretty good. Okay, Dr. Two brings up another interesting point. He says, isn't the lyric in Night Songs, isn't he saying, I'm hitting on 16, like when you're playing blackjack, and not, I'm hitting 116? I don't know. I don't know. You're going to have to ask Tom. Or I'm hitting on a 16-year-old. <laughs> yeah, who it. knows, right? <laughs> uh, sure know something. That's a good Twitter handle. Another great show. Agree for the most part on the songs. You guys have the podcast like you guys have the best podcast out there. Always enjoys listening to you guys on the travels. Um, let's see. Our buddy Tony again. He says somewhere in 1985 refers to them in the studio recording the album. The live performance was obviously after the record was released. And they were on tour supporting the record. Stop analyzing stupid shit. <laughs> okay, everything Zeus just said about voting for Tony's band on the Kiss Cruise. Fuck him. exactly if we if we didn't analyze stupid shit well thank you see you later (laughs) see you guys next hey we do an avenge sevenfold i like it they don't see you next week yeah exactly (laughs) all right that's uh that's twitter what do you got uh for some facebook stuff on the book of face our buddy casada says Great record. Oh, gee. Thanks. Um, our buddy Stevie Flythe. Sorry, guys. I'm with Zeus. Cinderella was definitely better than Great White and Europe. Oh, Ooh, no way. They're not better than Great White. Um, no. I think it's right there. I don't know. Okay. Uh, we had this discussion, but who knows? And then somebody named Dick Drip. <laughs> what? <laughs> not a hairband there. I said it. All right. Okay. On loud casters. Um, Dale Rose, the Archie and Edith bunker part of the shows are unbelievable. Oh, Tom Kiefer. Oh, Archie. Oh, first hair metal. Now hardcore heavy metal. Ooh, you can't getting, keep up with the show. Oh, boy. You're getting frisky. Oh, uh, Spitting all over me. Michael Murphy. 
a mediocre album from a mediocre, mediocre blues rock band. The comparisons to ACD are preposterous and bordering on blasphemy. Settle down, guys. I remember that comment when I saw it on social media. No. Wow. I think if I recall correctly, we were talking about the vocal qualities of Tom Kiefer and Brian Johnson. Not the I never compared them to ACDC. I think it was more of the singing style the, that I remember. Yeah, no, but the album was more a line of an ACDC album. Yeah, shake me and all that stuff. Yes. Yeah, the riffs are a little more simplistic. They're not too complicated. Oh, yeah. When you, yeah you, not too complicated. Yeah, like you shook me all night long. Is it shake yeah. me as you shook me all night yeah, long? Yeah, like I, things yeah. like that. Oh, sorry, we can't compare bands. Get ready for this episode because there's a yeah, lot of comparisons. That's all I'm doing this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, Joe Decker, excellent choice. As Sonny Pooney mentioned, this came out summer of '86, and as I was heading to my senior year in high school. My friends and I partied hard that summer, and the cassette was always in the boombox. Cinderella is the ultimate hair metal band. I was fortunate enough to see them in Philadelphia Spectrum open up for David Lee Roth. Playing in front of their hometown crowd, the band intentionally opened with Back Home Again and nearly oh. brought the roof down. The crowd went insane. I saw them two more times on that tour, once with Bon Jovi, then a small venue on their own. Love this pick, guys. Mm. Well, it was from you, probably, because uh, it was a Patreon pick. That's right. And uh, we're, believe it or not, we're getting close to that Patreon pick again. Mm-hmm. So, um, Shane London, great review, uh, guys. Uh, when When's Queensryche's Operation Mind Crime? I could love be, it. Could be sooner than later there, buddy. Nope. We're doing Empire instead. Nah. Okay. We're I like doing- Empire. Hope we're not doing any of them. Oh, uh, Wayne's right. Oh. oh, fuck. Now we're doing Q2K. We're going straight for the pain, baby. What's that? I, what's that? What, what's that one? American soldier or something? There but, you go. Oh, dad, no, no. Isn't that Toby Keith? <laughs> <laughs> but I thought we were doing Queen's and half this album, but never mind. <laughs> we'll get to that uh, over on YouTube. I can't, I can't do it yet. Can't do it. That voice ain't back yet. Uh, Emmanuel Martins Jr. I've always described Cinderella as Aerosmith with Brian Johnson singing and playing lead guitar. So I guess you've nailed it. Mm. Uh, so take that, Michael Murphy. Unfortunately, yeah. the <laughs> yeah, fucking fans. Yeah, you take that. Uh, unfortunately, the band has never come to Brazil. Only Kiss, Kiss, New Brazil uh, came to Brazil, only coming to Argentina and Colombia. Anyways, I was lucky enough to see Tom Keeper's solo band at the Mork 2017, and it was awesome. Were you on that, Sonny? I was. I went. They were playing in the theater. I walked in. He was doing what he does. I watched about a minute, and I'm like, meh, I don't feel like being spit on today. And I walked out and went to the casino. Oh, he was all <laughs> sweating and shit. Rock on, guys. Great stuff. Cheers. Oh, so, yeah. Thank, thank you, Emmanuel. Um Love uh Fucko. <laughs> That's his name. Love the review crew episodes. Waiting to hear the review for Warren's dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking rich. Ugh. I'm Sonny not will, Sonny will pick that once. I had that album. It's not that bad. Uh, no. It's their best album. Uh That's Pete like St- saying that's like saying you're the tallest midget. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Starrows. <laughs> Great episodes, guys. Would you consider reviewing a Tool album? How no. about Faith No More? 
No. How about no? And another no. Love you, buddy, but those aren't making it on air, I don't think. A lap? That's uh, that's up to the Patreon fans. Maybe that is that. that's true. That is true. Patreon people do love Tool. Tool has a rabid fan base. I know that. So, Patent Diorama. Hey guys, I'm still playing catch up on the episodes. Just listen to the ARC Heat Two, and literally spit out my coke while driving to work when you guys read my comment. I was laughing so hard I must have looked like a drunk driver swerving in the lane. <laughs> anyway, I showed up to work with a wet stain in my crotch. From spilt coke. I look like I just came from the strip club with a silver dollar in my pants. God almighty. Wow. <laughs> I think I think the wetness was because of heat too, maybe. Yeah, he peed himself because it was just like <laughs> was that uh was that Dave Chappelle who said he went to the, the club and the stripper like rubbed up against me, had a shit stain on his collar. <laughs> Oh, oh God. Nice. I think that was Chappelle, right? <laughs> Probably. Oh, man. Uh, three bands, uh, Pinworm, three bands referred to as hair metal that isn't hair metal. Cinderella, Great White, Tesla. Yeah. Yeah, but that's uh, that's unfortunately where they fall in. Yeah. Not saying that they are, but that's where they fall in. Yeah. Uh, uh, one cool medic. The final countdown sucks. <laughs> Talk about a one-hit wonder Europe. Talk about a hairband. Cinderella has no bad album, has no filler songs. Ooh. Fred Curry was the live drummer. How many bl- ghost players has Kiss had? Rest in peace, Jeff Labar. Yikes. That's a that's a Cinderella big hit fan there, huh? So, at least Cinderella has no bad songs. Wow. No filler songs, no uh, bad albums. Wow. Uh, too too wow. bad that too bad that the half of night songs is filler. Sorry. No. Oh yes. Come on. Yes, Come yes, on. Yes, oh. No, not the girl with the big big, big titties. <laughs> um uh, that's it for me, guys. All right, we got a couple of emails, Sonny. You want to start with a few? <clears throat> yeah, so we got uh Nival, Nigel Savage. Uh love this album back in the day, still spin it often to this day. I, Nigel, we already got enough lyrics, dude. We don't need rhyming shit. Um, <laughs> my introduction to Cinderella was hearing Hell on Wheels on the radio, and it was one of those, wow, who the hell is this? This is awesome moments. Going with Night Songs at the opening track was really brave decision, given the typical hair metal song that was getting radio play in 86. I agree. Maybe a sign, despite their glammy image, that they wanted to make sure that their music was different than the average glam band. Makes sense. My favorite song has always been Hell on Wheels. Just fucking love it. Totally agree that they never came close to matching this album again. Long Cold Winter has some great tunes, but song for song, it just doesn't stand up. Great episode, guys. Fingers crossed for Rush next. Mm. Rush Rush may be coming soon. Don't worry, my friend. It ain't next, though. Yeah, that's sorry. Uh, it's not today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> next email is Graham Richley. Hey guys, Cinderella was a strange band. They seemed to go out of their way to make it hard for themselves. Night Song was one of those heavier debuts of the bands in the mid '80s, closer to AC and ACDC and Priest in the crunch than Bon Jovi. Yet they were dressed ridiculously <laughs> in their sisters' outfits rather than rockers, and the name was odd choice too. Wouldn't it have been better if Cinderella and had swapped names with Poison? Because poison has a nastier edge. Mm. I mean, Cinderella was on the was not the first thing you wanted on a T-shirt to represent your personal brand. 
but this does not distract from the fact that Tom Keeper is a great talent as much at songwriting as singing, and the band made two excellent albums that still has have us talking about them for almost 40 years. Great review as always, lots of diversity and opinions, and Sonny never fails to delight and amaze with his lunatic viewpoints on what planet is Great White or Europe or Heat or any of these B-grade bands on the same <laughs> level as Motley, Rat, and Cinderella. That would be called Earth, Graham Richley. But I love having him on the show to represent the lunatic fringe. Wasn't that like a that's a song? A Red Rider song? Yeah. Red Rider, right? Vision Quest, Tom yes. Cochran. Yep. Tom Cochran wrote that song, I think. Yep. Uh, thanks, as always, for joy you bring so to so many of us. Life is a highway, Sonny. Yes. Plus, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Pl- that dude. That dude. Plus, I, I like I like Graham's reference to on what planet, because uh, when planets collide, we will be talking yeah. about that situation later on today. Oh, I have got to worry. On planets will. Yeah. <laughs> planets, planets are going to still be colliding after we're done. I'm so excited <laughs> for the planet collision. But before I got two more emails to read and then we'll move along. This is interesting because this email comes from Penelope Red. Sonny, do you want to read the email that you wrote to us or uh, sure? You want to <laughs> send it to me? <laughs> first things first. I heard the defamatory remarks made by a listener of yours. And I demand that you send a cease and desist letter to the parties involved. After all, you owe me this since I'm the one who got you back on track doing actual kiss album reviews. Now regarding Cinderella, dude, why are we reading this idiot? Because I think it's (laughs) hilarious. Cause I love, I love these emails. These entertain me regarding Cinderella. And he spells Cinderella with an S because of the joke I made during the episode. (laughs) Will I listen to these songs if they come on the radio? Possibly. Do these songs make me want to experience the band in a live setting? Not really. They aren't really very entertaining, and it is kind of disappointing that this is the best example a group of people can come up with to represent their pick. (laughs) I listened to this episode with a friend while on a commute. They wanted me to add that hearing Zeus overtly discuss women reminds them of a guy slobbering over a fresh display of donuts. (laughs) I I guess I can't argue that point. (laughs) I'll help you out with three choices for your next ARC. The police, Billy Squire, and Foreigner. And they spelt all of those wrong, by the way. Have fun at Creatures Fest. Bye for now. Oh, Penelope Red, you're the best. How do you uh, misspelled the police? Oh, actually, I think they did spell the police right. They fucked up Foreigner and Billy Squire. Uh, And then we got one here from our friend Jack. Pinocchio. <laughs> And this came in through the website. Hey guys, hope all is well and you're keeping safe. Just wondering for an idea for the ARC show and something you do for your episodes. When you review an example, could you do a small what's happening in Cinderella world? Will you talk about what the band you're reviewing is doing at the moment or in that month? Are they touring at the moment? What do you think? Thank you. That's actually an interesting point. Maybe we'll consider that. 
Um, thanks, Jack. Yeah, because w- if we did like news regarding that band, like where are they now? Are they still touring? Are they still recording? That's kind of a cool idea. I like that. Yeah, let's make this episode five hours. Sure. Why not? No <laughs> it sometimes comes up in the in the how you came about it, usually from the person who picked it. That is a good point. It's like nowadays yep. they do blah blah blah, but they used to blah blah blah, right? That that is a good point. Yep. And uh and that's it for uh that's it for emails and feedback. Yep. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. All right. Time to turn the page to this month's episode. Tom, this is your pick. Want to tell us uh, how you got into it and uh, why? Yeah. All right. So I got into Avenged Sevenfold <laughs> back in probably when their self-titled album uh, came out, which was probably considered like their 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 bigger album, um, because this band kind of started from nowhere and then slowly, slowly, slowly came out to the point where now they're like making number one albums, going platinum, et cetera. So. Their self-titled album came out in 2007. And at that time, um, you know, thanks to satellite radio, uh, I started hearing some of their music and I was like, this band sounds kind of different. I love the vocals. I love the guitars. Um, so I followed them. I wasn't really into like the albums of Avenged Sevenfold at the time. I was more like a singles guy. So when Hail to the King came out in 2013, uh, the first single was released in July. So that was the year that I turned 40. 
And that was the year that I actually started running for the first time in my life. And at that time I started running, I was training for a charity race for a friend. So I started running. And at that time, uh, Sirius XM was playing uh, Hail to the King, the first single for the album. And I was like, okay, this sounds pretty awesome. I love the, the crisp, the production, the guitars, the intro, like it, it was checking off all the boxes for me. Uh, and then when the album came out, I just was just immersed in it. I just loved everything about it. Um, we'll get into that as we break down more of the band and the album and everything. Um, and to this day, I've, I've always, I've, I'm just a huge fan of the band. Um, even before Hail to the King, when they released Nightmare, uh, that had a couple of huge songs on it too. And it's just one of those bands. We all have bands that no matter what they put out, we just enjoy hearing them, whether it's because of the singer or the guitarist or the lyrics or et cetera. This has just become one of those bands that I'm a, I'm a big fan of. They did put out an album that kind of got a little bit progressive, um, which was kind of weird. They've changed up their styles a lot, which I think is kind of cool. They're not doing the same thing all the time. But this particular album, um, this is my go-to album whenever I go out for a run. Uh, to this day, you know, almost 10 years later, I listen to this all the time. And even when I'm not running, I just put it on. If I'm doing stuff in the yard or driving, this album is uh, is huge for me. And uh, I wanted to do something different. You know, I wanted to pick something, quote unquote, new. You know, this came out in 2013. And um, so I'm a huge fan of the band. And this album is very, very huge for me. So I, w- I really wanted to pick like a curveball album. So, Sonny, what about you? <laughs> all right. So my story is almost planets colliding. All right. So <laughs> okay. just kind of just kind of follow me here. So nine, ten years ago. Uh, I'm taking the kids and the wife to a concert, Hailstorms opening for Bullet, right? Bullet was headlining San Francisco. My first live Bullet for my Valentine show, didn't know a ton of them, enjoyed the show, and I really liked Scream, Aim, Fire. So, you know, I go get up when I get home, I get on the internet, decide to get all things Bullet and, you know, look it up, come across Scream and uh, put all of the albums on my Amazon wish list. I'm kind of a hard guy to buy for. So like for Nicole, I'll just go, you know, the stuff that I want later, I'll just put on my Amazon wish list and she'll get it for me for my birthday or Christmas or whatever. So fast forward to Christmas and Nicole gets all the CDs for me. I rip all the CDs to my iTunes, right? And then, you know, I open up the CD package she gets me. I'm like, oh, she must've got the CDs off Amazon. All right, cool put them in the bag later, go upstairs and burn them all to um, my iTunes and then flip them to my phone. So I'm listening in the car and I'm like, wait a second. That's not bullet for my Valentine. That doesn't sound the same. (laughs) And I guess what had happened was I saw scream and accidentally clicked on event sevenfold and put all the event sevenfold albums on my Amazon wish list. Oh, what a happy mistake. Right. So I'm like, what the fuck? Nicole doesn't, she got me the wrong CDs. <laughs> I go back to my Amazon wish list and go, you dumb fuck. You're the one who put the wrong CDs on. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So I go to the next song, Shuffle, and Buried Alive came on from Nightwear. And I'm yep. like, wait a second. These guys got something. They kind of yep. sound like Metallica. And I've been a fan ever since. So yep. it was all created by the Cosmos, flat out mistake. I wasn't yep. even looking for events sevenfold. Didn't even know they existed. And that's how I kind of found them. Nice. Now, specifically, this album, is it the same thing? You just kind of, you became a fan well, and just follow their discography type thing? Yeah, because that we're talking 15, 16. This album was already oh, out. Okay. So okay. So me all six albums. 
Oh, so that happened. So this incident happened after Hail to the King. Hail to the King. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Go ahead, Zeus. (laughs) I got this album after you told us you're doing this album. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have never heard any songs by this band. I know nothing about this band. They came out after the 90s. (laughs) Oh, um, they came out after the 2000s. Forget it. Yeah. So I I was hoping I'd get a hailstorm type of discovery here, which I thank Sonny for. Um, Let's just say let's get to the review part. I'll tell you what I think, because I have no history with this band. I have nothing. I, I just got this to for this review. So, yeah, I mean, the cool thing about this band. And again, I know I know that, you know, our demographic is not. There's a lot of people probably listen to this that are in Zeus's boat where they're not into like the newer bands. And that's fine. I, I'll be honest. With you, the only reason I'm into this band is because of satellite radio. I, I, if I didn't have that, I would have never even heard of Avenged Sevenfold. Maybe now I would have be just because of Spotify and Apple Music. Um, but to me, they're they're the closest thing. You know, I would never be silly enough to put them on the same planet as like a Metallica. But right now in the world of metal, in the world of new hard rock. In terms of sales and popularity, they're, they're probably the only band that kind of approaches that in terms of when they release an album, it goes to number one or it goes to, to top five or whatever. Um, but this album in particular, and we'll get into it, you know, th- this th- they, they for all the accolades that Hail to the King got, and it got a ton of accolades, there were a lot of people out there that were beat that, you know, were said, yeah, nice Metallica Black album you guys recorded, you know, nice cover, nice Metallica cover album you guys did. But I think I, when I look at this album, I liken it to what Metallica did when they did the Black Album. Avenged Sevenfold had done a bunch of different things. To me, their self-titled album took off. Then they did Nightmare. And then when you when you read about the story behind Hail to the King, they even said, we wanted to pull all that th- all that back and just do verse, chorus, verse, very riff heavy, you know, Sabbath, ACDC, Metallica riff stuff, very simple and just get back to basic hard rock, not like progressive stuff, not like time changes and signature things, just a hard rock album. And that's exactly what Metallica did with the Black Album. Black Album came out on the heels of Injustice for All, which was probably my favorite Metallica album, that and Puppets. But that album was just a, a creative, like uh, it was just all over the place, progressive. And they just toned it down and made simple hard rock riff heavy songs on the Black Album. And that's what Avenged Sevenfold did with this. So if you listen to their previous albums, even if you listen to the albums after Hail to the King, they're they're very different. They're awesome, but very different. But to me, this album, you know, between the, the vocals, the guitars, we'll get into that. Um, you know, it's just an album that I, I just find myself going to. And I, and I wanted to kind of just bring it out. We do these we do these episodes. A lot of people pick albums that are close to them. You know, Sonny picks Heat. Zeus has picked but Bon Jovi debut, you know, albums that we have a personal connection with. And I absolutely have a very personal connection to this one. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I just think it's something fun to talk about, you know, especially for somebody like Zeus, who I know is not a, a new music listener um, and just get a different perspective on it. I know Sonny had a little bit of experience with Avenged Sevenfold, but um, I just thought it'd be something fun to talk about something different. So, you know, here we go. Yeah, these guys, they're doing a good job of embracing the new. And what I mean by that is they're still connected to the fans, right? So they're doing blockchain stuff. They're doing NFTs. They they have internet money you can spend. You can buy stock in their streaming. And then when it streams, you make money from it. 
Yep. They're using airdrop for meet and greet stuff. If you're part of the fan club and you have an NFT and you have money, you get unique gifts for meet and greets. Like they're doing loyalty cards. They're like they are connected to the fan, however the fan wants to be connected. And they're basically every generation, there's something new coming up. They figure out a new way to get in because these guys are basically kids and they made their bones on getting connected with video games. Well, I was just going right? to say that's, that's how the they got thing. that's how they got popular. Yeah, and they're huge. They're huge gamers themselves. They've had songs released uh, in Call of Duty games. I mean that 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 really put them on the map with a younger crowd. They at one point yeah. they had their own video game, like a you know like yep. an app based type of game. Um, so yeah, I mean you're right. They they're kids. They are kids, and they're they're just like rock gamer kids, you know, that are just kind of like now maturing into the band that they become. So. Um, Zeus, I know you don't have a lot of history of the band. I mean, before we get into the album, is it just anything kind of in particular that you discovered while like just talking, like researching the band or anything that kind of struck you as? Yeah, I think they, uh, I think they picked up all the names that uh, the guys in Guns N' Roses failed to pick. Who? Zacky Vengeance? Like, what the fuck? I remember like hearing Guns and people were like, what the hell is this slash Izzy Duff act like? And I looked at this list and I'm like, yeah. come on, what they, is this? Uh, they, did, yeah. they did say, and I think it was Sinister Gates. <laughs> I think it was him. It was one of them. It was one of them because they in an interview, they were asked, what's up with these names? And he even said like tongue in cheek. He's like, yeah, we did it just to kind of be idiots, you know, to get to get people to talk about us. And, you know, it's 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 a stage that, you know, embracing those those things like like Kiss, like Guns and Roses, like a band that has nicknames. So I think it was tongue in cheek. It's kind of. It's, okay, Johnny Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Well, M Shadows has said in interviews because they got together when they were in high school. Yes. So they kind of made this shit up while they were in high school. Yep. But he's like, we started going, and it's like, well, you're not just gonna throw away four years of hard work and nobody knows who you are. So, you know, why are they stupid? Well, we came up with them when we were like 16. That's why they're stupid. Exactly. And I can't let it go now because that's what everybody knows me. Oh, well, that's Fozzie for you, right? With all yeah. those stupid nicknames they had originally. Well, and it's also Mongoose McQueen. <laughs> and it's it's also the same thing when you talk to uh, when you see interviews with Dave Grohl. He said, if I ever knew that Foo Fighters would be the band it is right now, I would have never named my band Foo Fighters in 1995. He did that as a goof because it was like a solo project because he wrote and recorded that entire debut album. Yeah. He's like, if I, I was like, I would have never named the band Foo Fighters then. Yeah. And because that's because the writing was on the wall back then, whether right. where Nirvana right. was yeah. going. So. Right. Right. Yeah. So, no, I just. Uh, again, uh, this is all brand new to me, so yeah. I'm kind of watching yeah. and listening to what yeah. you guys are saying. So, um, and then we then after that, we'll, let's we just talk about the covers. And and this this is unique as is there's technically two different ones: the, the common cover, the the CD cover, the cover that's used like on the streaming services um, is their Death Bat. That is that that's their band logo. Um, it's the skull with the bat wings. Uh, this one is on the CD, the front cover. It's the half half the skull with one wing and the back of it is the other half with the other wing. Um, that's their logo, the death bat. You see that kind of mixed in. Most of the time, it's just the skull with the wings. There are some covers. Um, they have an album called uh, uh, City of Evil. Well, you'll, you'll see the full bodied death bat. And that's the alternative cover on the vinyl. I have the vinyl for this album. They released a picture disc which has the CD cover, but then the standard vinyl issue has a very cool, like color uh, artwork of, you know, the full, the full death bat skull guy sitting in a throne 
on like a pile of skulls, um, you know, with, with this, some red, there's some colors. So that's, that's pretty cool. But the standard cover, I think that we're going to discuss and, and rank would be that, you know, just that black, you know, again, another Metallica black album reference, the black cover with just the, the death bat. So, I mean, there's really nothing too special about it. Zeus, anything kind of, I mean, I know it's your first experience seeing an Avenged Sevenfold cover, but. No, nah, it's just, it's the same. It's, I don't know, dude. It's like cliched fucking Hall of the Mountain King shit. Yeah. Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. So I didn't know what I was going to come into because, uh, you know, I'm like, Tom doesn't usually like Keeper of the fucking 14 Keys, whatever the fuck yeah. that's called, and Halloween stuff. So I didn't know what it is, but this imagery is, although it's decent and pretty cool, it just seems um, very common. Like a lot of yeah. bands have the yeah. skull as something. Yeah. I mean, even from uh, the Turbo Lover video from Judas Priest is what this thing looks like, to be mm. honest with you. Yeah. The skull. Well, you bring up a good point real quick, just to, just lyrically <laughs> and, 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 sto- and story. Like, they've even acknowledged that. This album itself has a very like cinematic feel. Like all the all the all the songs are very story like from start to finish, and and they're they're not that really that kind of band. I mean, lyrically, they're telling stories about you know, hail to the king, shepherd of fire. Like, oh, we'll get into that. But yeah, they're not like a Dio or a Halloween type band. I think they just tried to create an album that had like this imagery, this like cinematic universe of of this kind of death and destruction and like that kind of stuff, you know, but you're right for somebody like you, who has no experience, like what the hell to the King, what are we doing here right yeah, now? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like the death bat thing. I like that. Uh, the two, the in between the hail and King is like written in Gothic letters. Yeah. It yeah. just gives it a little more, but something about event sevenfold. And this happens because of course I got all their CDs. So I got all the artwork, right? Yep. Like, the front feels like that death bat feels like a professional good drawing. But then the thing that's in the middle feels yeah. like, like a four-year-old drew it, you know? <laughs> so they like, they go from these like professional God, that would make an awesome shirt to who the fuck drew that. Like it happens like on every album feels like, but that's probably why it's the inside artwork and not the outside <laughs> artwork, but I like it. I mean, I like that kind of like Gothic, like classic, like horror, yeah. like, you know, just like that dark, kind of quote unquote, like spooky kind of imagery stuff, you know, like Edgar Allan Poe looking kind of shit. It's just, it's kind of cool. It's something different. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, it's a pretty standard cover. I mean, for all, for all their, I mean, if you think this cover is their self-titled is, is kind of like the exact opposite. It's a white cover with the death bat, and nothing else. Um, yeah. Probably their greatest cover. Not that we're going to start ranking Avenged seven bowl covers, but if you've ever listened to the album nightmare or seen that album cover, that is some spectacular artwork right there which is cool because they kind of bring it back to like the era of Iron Maiden and Kiss and Priest with those really like really elaborate artworks. But on this one, they just took it easy. So again, kind of a black album reference, I guess. So yeah, the picture on the back. So the picture of the back somewhat normal, except for the guys, you know, in the, the guy in the fifties hat and whatever. I think oh yeah. It yeah. Be yeah. Like in a fifties biker gang kind of thing, but they don't look too scary. <laughs> right? Rob Halford look and white. Yeah, 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 that's that's a little bit more fifties than the Halford look, even. <laughs> yeah, um, but they look normal. I mean, they don't look super scary. You know, they're tatted up or whatever. But they, I guess, it doesn't match metalcore, if that makes sense. Well, that's the thing too, and they kind of evolved from that. I mean, this album just became like they kind of 
stepped away from that. I mean, the metalcore term can be thrown around, you know, that's kind of where they made their bones, I think. And then this album, they just kind of took, pulled back on that. To me, they, and I know this is going to sound like an insult because it probably is to me. They look like that, that newer hard rock slash metal band. That's kind of like good looking that would like that you would think of like, Oh, these, you can buy their shirts at hot topic because you know what I mean? Like that, yeah, like yeah. they're that kind of band because, and they are like, that's when they came out. You know, like you said, like a bullet for my Valentine, like those like good looking, like younger dudes. They're all like thin and kind of like model types. You know what I mean? So this isn't screaming trees. This is <laughs> no, these are not no. 400 pound lumberjacks from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they're definitely good looking guys. I mean, there's I don't think that hurts them at all. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny because I was talking to. So my sister is four years older than me and my nieces, um, they, they're, they're going to be 21 or 20. They're going to be 22. So when, when Avenged Sevenfold first came about, they were going to like concerts with my sister and stuff. And they saw Avenged Sevenfold. They've seen like Bring Me the Horizon. and Bo- They saw all these bands because when they came out, they were in that zone of that that age. Um, and like they, you know, they, they love this stuff. So that was, it was kind of cool getting a perspective from people that are in the the, the targeted demographic for a band like this, as opposed to us old guys who are, you know, trying to be like cool and listening to those young bands. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Track by track. Or what are we going to do now? Call it a day. See you guys. <laughs> we'll till next time. Um, what we do, we're next- not allowed to talk about stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Stop analyzing stupid shit. <laughs> What's the point of having a podcast then? Um, all right. So some of the specifics. Hail to the King uh, came out August 23rd, 2013. Uh, this is the stuff that fascinated me, though. It was produced by Mike Elizondo, who's like Dr. Dre's protege, I guess. And uh, a big like hip hop guy. He's won a couple Grammys. He co-wrote real slim shady wow and he produced family affair mary Dude. j blige yeah like what the fuck is that doing in this music that, that, um, that's in- that's interesting 50 cent carrie underwood he's done things from from the heights that movie that like little spanish harlem mu- movie i had to go see with natalia <laughs> musical he's produced that like he's got a wide variety and it must be because he can understand music and find sounds because that's the because to be able to hit all these bands and artists still want to use you and you're still, you know, knocking it out of the park. This guy must be really talented. Nice. Thank good you. For him. No, <laughs> yeah. good for him. Hey, one thing we didn't mention real quick, just while I got while I have like some of the facts up here, which is kind of weird. I know a lot of people like when I tell when I talk about like. I, I work with people who are pretty much my age or older and they don't listen to this stuff. You know, they're, they're listening to like fucking ZLX, which Kansas. is Kansas. Yeah. Which, yeah, which is fine. <laughs> they're like, what the fuck is that band name? So the band's name is actually a reference to the book of Genesis and the Bible. Specifically, it says Genesis chapter four, verses 24, where Cain is sentenced to life in exile for murdering his brother, Abel. God marked him so that none would kill him on account of his sin. The man who dared to kill Cain would suffer, quote, vengeance seven times over. But the band swears that they are not a religious band. They just thought that they just thought the phrasing was cool. So that's where Avenge Sevenfold comes from. 
Okay. The uh, this album went platinum and went number one U.S., U.K., Canada, Brazil, Finland, and Ireland. Wow. By the way, have we ever brought up my favorite fucking hot politician, Finland's prime minister? Oh, my goodness. Santa Martin. Oh, Marin, Marin, not Marin. We, we should do a podcast on hot world leaders. <laughs> the lady from Estonia is pretty good for a MILF, too. And the one with the little big rabbit teeth in uh, New Zealand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Jacinda Arden. Uh, those three in a trifecta, but that lady should be a fucking model. She's unbelievable. Hot. The prime minister of Finland. Oh, God. All right. We're talking about this album. <laughs> um, it's their sixth studio album. Uh, I guess it's their only album that features this new drummer they got. Uh, Aaron Iljay. Did I say it correct? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because their previous yeah. drummer, Jimmy the Rev. Sullivan passed away. There's actually a bonus track on here um, that was written in his memory called St. James. It's kind of in honor of him when he passed away. Yeah. And so that's their first without him. It's their second number one album. I think that album previous nightmare was number one. Yep. And, uh, and, and the lead singer M Shyamalan, whatever his name, (laughs) night shadows, whatever uh, said their album. This was more of their return to classic rock and metal like Sabbath, and Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. I don't hear the Zeppelin. I hear a little Sabbath, but I don't know yeah. where Led Zeppelin comes into this album. And I hear some Queensryche in there, mm-hmm. which uh, you know, you'll know where I'm going to go. With you this. love Queensryche. Oh, yeah. Favorite <laughs> of mine. So those are some of the facts that I've got. Again, newer band. I'm not too familiar with these guys, but we'll find out because we're going to get right into the tracks. And let's start off with the first song.
and you know it's right. <laughs> Shepherd of Fire. All right, so you got here's uh well, how's the best way to explain this? This is um Countdown to Extinction Dave Mustaine and Metallica enter Sandman having a baby. Mm. That's what this would sound like. It's an <laughs> ugly baby, but it's a baby. You know, you got the bells that start up the album. You got the immediate old school kind of that that whole Metallica Megadeth from the, I would say, late 80s, early 90s feel. Uh, you know, I don't know where that whole baritone trombone tuba thing comes in, but it's there. Um, it definitely feels a little more polished compared to old Ben Sevenfold albums, for sure. I like the thundering type drums. That's cool. And it takes only about two and a half minutes. And you got Sinister Gate showing his chops on guitar, which is great. Most of the guitar, to me, has an inner Sandman feel all the way around. You get about three and a half minutes in, and M. Shadows adds a little more rasp to his vocals. So that's when you kind of hear, like, the Mustaine coming out. The lyrics are very metalcore, so that's cool, because they haven't really gotten off of that. And it's a great chorus. Um, The song is written well. It seems like the band is going after mass appeal because they're definitely trying to capitalize on what was popular. And even in later in the album, it's like basically throw everything that was popular the last 20 years on the, on the album and see kind of what sticks and you get a number one album. So my guess is it probably alienated some of the diehards. But for me, this song is like, God gets you interested. This is like, all right, okay, we got a, New Megadeth Metallica with a better singer. I can handle this. I like it. Yeah, that's I, I love that. That's perfectly said. Yeah, uh, the intro right off the bat is is like Black Sabbath. You know, the title track, the rain, the bells. Right off the bat, you know, like I said earlier, they're very very cinematic with the way that they produce their songs, especially lyrically. They tell stories. Um, and you're right. Right off the bat, you know that you're in for something interesting and something that's kind of like you said, very mass appeal, like what Metallica did and what was famous for what Metallica did. The album is diamond and it alienated probably 30% of their fans. Cause like, Oh, this isn't puppets. This isn't ride the lightning. A lot of people like, what is this? This, this production is perfect. The, the guitars are have an, have an incredibly sounding crunch. M shadows vocals are going between a nice gravel melodic tone into like an actual singing tone. Uh, but to me, this is what I'm saying. This is why I listen to this, especially when you're like, like going for a run, like I'm a, I'm a sucker for an intro. And I always say that like, welcome to the jungle, enter Sandman, like two of the greatest intros ever, those buildups. And then when the buildup kind of reaches its height and then it kicks in with the whole band coming together, this right here, my goodness. I mean, if, if, if this is not something that you're into and you don't have to be a metal fan, but just like hard rock and right off the bat sinister gates. I the name is fucking ridiculous, but that's okay. Guitar wise, like welcome to the album right here with, with, with what you're about to hear in terms of a guitar rock album. Um, it's just the first of one of the many like ridiculously in, insane solos that you hear on this album. I think it's, I think it's, it's a tailor made for an album intro song for me. Love it. Shepherd of fire. So I'm going to say this once and it applies for the whole album. I guess all the lyrics are uh, written and credited to M shadows, uh, sinister gates 
Zachy Vengeance <laughs> and Johnny Christ. So they're all credited for every song on this album. Um, I guess it's the theme song of Call of Duty Black Ops. Um, if some reason, when you see those video games, like certain songs pop. Yeah. All of a sudden, like Shoot the Thrill became my favorite ACDC song because of the video game commercial they do when they start showing everything. You're like, fuck, I wish I was doing that. It's <laughs> yep. really cool. The, um, the rainy sound um, sound effects, the bells, like Hell's Bell shit kind of letting you in. And um, you can tell there's two things going on in different ears, yes. which I wouldn't unless I put on yeah, my headphones. So there's two different sounds going on. And it's a big buildup, Tom. I put just like uh, uh, Enter Sandman and Welcome to the Jungle. And I do. I, I agree with you. I like buildups. Right. Yeah. Uh, Unchain the Night. Dawkins, another one mm-hmm. that you, you're kind of building. You got a little bell and you got something going there. Um, the, the pretty cool beginning guitars and drums and that. And you know, it's right. Gene <laughs> fucking Simmons demon voice. <laughs> yep. Uh, actually, I think that's pretty cool that they throw that in. It's a nice little earworm. I like the pre-chorus. Super fast solo. It's melodic and extends. It sounds like there's two different guitar solos going on. They do that a lot. And, right? and, and, you, and, and you brought it up when you when you listen to this. This is we say this a lot. This is a great headphone album. Yeah, you'll pick up a, a bunch of different things. Yeah. Um, and then at the, just at the end, spoken word segment, like, ooh, I have that <laughs> I have that written down too, Zeus. I'm like, settle down. Ooh, make way for the shepherd of fire. Yeah. Like like if Vincent Price was alive, they'd be like, hey, uh, what are you doing next Tuesday? Want to read some things for us? <laughs> exactly. Um, but, you know, it, again, uh, oh, this was the second single, and it did go number one on the mainstream rock charts. Okay. Uh, um, I like the song. It's a nice little buildup. It's uh, it, it, it's it, the only thing that I would say is, you know, this whole metal core and all that stuff. I guess people would say that if they didn't like grunge, oh, it all sounds the same, but there's something, you know, as far as I know, this kind of stands out above the rest of the shit, because sometimes that all that sound, none of it really is bad, but you're like, Okay, I can't differentiate. It all sounds the same. Everybody's mm-hmm. doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's not, but this seems like whatever it is, these guys are doing it better than the rest. Mm-hmm. So nice. I'll give them credit on that. And then nice. there was a video, Tom. Yes, there was. Why? <laughs> yeah, well, I know. Complete waste of time. I don't understand why they're driving in a car. The funniest part the- is when Sinister gets a drink as he's playing the guitar solo. That was the funniest part of the video. No, the funniest <laughs> part is the fake flames and the fake that the whole thing is just fake. Like it's hilarious. It's stupid. It's like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Yes. Right? Isn't that little thing going around? It looks like something like a fantasy sequence. You know, like it's like I don't know. I mean, whatever. Like, w- like we keep saying this. It, this is a young person's band. So maybe that maybe that's what the video was. Yeah, the for. band's in a convertible flying around. And there's all sorts of flying images, literally like the Charlie uh, in the uh, chocolate factory kind of thing. Yeah. And then there's fire and there's a red background and the band is performing. It, it It's very reminiscent of like white zombie shit. Yeah. Even the oh, yeah, song, the, yeah. even the song the and imagery in the, the imagery and all this stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, maybe it's a modern white zombie who knows but could be yeah. um we're off to track number two the title track 
Hail to the King. So to me, we went from Megadeth and Metallica having a baby in Shepherd of Fire to ACDC, Metallica, and Iron Maiden having a three-way in this nice. song to me. Right? Because you got the Angus Young kind of thunderstruck style chugga-chugga power chords, right? They don't quite step on the gas ever. It's very Metallica. And M, Sa- M Shadows is just a better singer than Hetfield. So it's like Metallica with better singing because he's got more dynamics. Even at the end of the song, when he the last time he says son, he goes, son, right? Like Hetfield can't do that because M Shadows has got a little bit of soul in his voice, which is kind of cool. You got the singer along chorus, which probably kills live. I've never seen these guys live, but I can just imagine 50,000 people in England. Hail, 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 right? Um, now, going back and listening to some of the Venge Sevenfold stuff before this one came out, this one's fair. This song's fairly simple because they have a habit of like making this shit too complicated. Yes. And so M Shadows is right. Like backing off and just making like a rock album with their kind of style still has a hint of metal core, but it it just plays better to my ears. Cause when you get back to like City of Evil and stuff like that, it gets a little too much and it's almost too progressive, kind of like what you said before. Mm-hmm. I love that ear there's earworms all over this album, but there's an earworm after the solo. When he says the third verse, if you notice it, he says there's a hail, hail, hail within the verse instead of just in the chorus, which yes. is a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, just, I think it's a really good song. And sometimes, you know what? Keeping it simple, stupid works. Another song here with another incredible intro. I mean, I, I, people talk about sister albums. To me, these are like sister songs, Shepherd of Fire and Hail of the King. It just another incredible intro. And I'm such like a sucker for this because you hear, you hear that noodling at the beginning. Then the other guitar comes in with just the simple riff. Then the drum comes in. Then they all come together with the bass line. And you're like, fuck, I am like, like, this is like locker room shit. Like, if we were playing, like, if we were in high school and this came up, this would be like, you, you'd be listening to this, like, pregame. This is locker room stuff, okay? And you're right. I absolutely love James Hetfield. And I think we need to spend a minute or so talking about M. Shadow's vocals. One of the reasons why I got hooked into Avenged Sevenfold. We talk about this all the time with vocals. That's a that It's a make or break thing for me. You know, it's one of the reasons why I thought Heat was a good album, but not great because me personally, I'm not a fan of those type of vocals. M Shadows really does a, an amazing job of singing, but then having that gravel, but still having melody to it. it he never really turns into like a hardcore metal singer. And he does have incredible harmony, incredible melody, especially when you get into these choruses. I mean, these choruses are made to sell records. And to sell tickets. They're, they're not fooling anybody here. Um, and then you just have another incredible solo. I mean, it's just to, to me, right? Hey, you just you're banging it out with two two standout tracks for me. Uh, Hail to the King. It was their first single. It actually made it to number 83 on US 100 and number one mainstream rock, where I guess it was up there. Number one for 11 weeks. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's in rock band four. And it was the theme to WrestleMania 32. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Wow. Yes. 
Um, I can't believe they're up. They had they're up to that many WrestleManias. Oh, there's this is this is a long time ago. <laughs> no, so. I know, I know. So WrestleMania 32 also had, I think it's Roman Reigns versus Triple H, who always goes by the King of Kings. Nice. So Hail to the King made sense, and I I'm trying to remember if they if he came out to it or if it played during the. I mean, it was the theme to it, so he it could have been. Um. So again, the guitar is doing a couple different things, uh, fast guitar work, then the riff. But the riff sounds like Metallica is the cure. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. OK, I could see that. Um, my, my favorite thing about this whole song is the great opening line. And we always talk about great opening lines to songs and watch your tongue or have it cut from your head. Uh, uh, <laughs> that, that's <laughs> Fucking awesome. <laughs> That's pretty that good. That is really awesome. I like the chorus, Hail to the King. Um, uh, the uh, There's also a different part, another little earworm, Sonny, that they do is that, well, he'll say night or he'll say light, and it gets repeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the solo is another one that's another great part. I, I, I kept thinking, like, what the hell is this Hail to the King, the sound, the... The chorus, what does it sound like? And the chorus reminds me of Unchained the Night from Doc. Okay. Okay. Like the melody, like the same, the similar melody. Mm-hmm. The night. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think they're pulling from a lot of influences. There's no, they're not, they're not afraid. I don't, of, think, they, I don't know if they're listening to George Lynch, Doc, and maybe all guitarists probably. Oh, I'm sure from him. I'm sure. Picked they up were. from him, but yeah. I'm saying, I don't know, lyrically and stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I I mean, this song is definitely a standout on this album. You can tell why. You can tell why. Compared to the newer shit that's out there, no wonder it was on number one for 11 weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. So they did a video for this one as well. A black and white video, uh, performance video. The singers, I can't tell these people apart, but all of a sudden the singer changed his hair. He used to have like, kind of like a mohawk in some videos. Yes, yes. And then he has like a Joey Casada quaff. <laughs> On this one, <laughs> so I'm like, that's the same guy, right? It's got to yeah, be. Yeah, um, I like the cool imagery at the end. If you saw the video, that they have that that the skeleton sits on the on the on the throne, yeah, puts on the crown, and then the lady turns back. And if you wait to the end, and then all of a sudden the wing pops out as she's yeah. walking away. Pretty that's cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. It is pretty cool. Getting yeah, it, did it, you it's see like, like the words popping up? A tone. Death. Yes. Yeah, one right. So they were trying to at least do something with this video. Yeah, I agree. But, I but as, a, as opposed to driving around with fake flames <laughs> in the background. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think what's happening with M Shadows. This is a guess because I'm not a hairstylist, but I think is the sides of his head is shaved, but the yeah. middle is long. So that way, when he just kind of lets his hair down, it just covers the part it, that's it, shaved. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he looks like Casada, except he's actually good looking. Oh, jeez. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got muscles. Yeah, <laughs> muscles. <laughs> oh my god! All right, for that, Sonny, you'll be doing time. <laughs> Fill the lies We see the world through devil's eyes Ooh. 
doing time. So we go from the ACDC Metallica Maiden three-way to an Aussie laugh into an appetite song. So mm. basically this is, um. to me, you could be mine. Like right out of the gate. The uh. minute I heard the riff, I'm like, this is you could be mine, right? Faster paced riff versus the first two. Um, still got the Ben Sevenfold stamp though. Could he, like I said, could have easily been on Appetite. Aggressive riff, awesome melody. This song is catchy as hell. And I love that M Shadows is even doing the axle, two different voices in it. And I love that the song is shorter. So basically it just kind of punches you in your head and it's done before you know it. So you wouldn't really know after the first three songs, these guys grew up on Pantera, Bad Religion, Slayer, Testament. Like that's the shit they were listening to when they started the band. And they're basically leaving all that behind to do this. It's very possible by the time doing time ends up in somebody's headphones, the hardcore fan has already thrown this fucking thing out the window. Yeah, it's possible. Yep. No, I love it because you start off the album with two very anthemic songs and then you get into this where they, they're mixing up. They're showing you that they can do something different. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I could see that you could be mine. This is better than you could be mine. Sorry. That's if that's blasphemy to those GNR fans out there. And I love you could be mine. Uh, the, the, the spoken word intro into that groan growl that just carries and carries and carries. And then hit the tone of his voice during the verses but then when the drums are doing their little thing and then kind of a little bit of a bridge and just the thing about these songs that is so unusual for like a metal band or hard rock, the incredible melodies that are in these bridges and choruses is just, I think that's why I can't stop listening to this album. And it really, I don't really get sick of it as I just come back to it for lack of a better term. It's just, it's, pleasing to the ears if you're a metal rock fan there's so much melody and so much like harmonies going on with the with with what the guitars are doing against each other and with the vocals um the drums on this one to me are a standout there's a lot going on that he's doing drum wise that you don't really talk about in the other two songs because of the pace of them is is more mid-tempo with this being a little bit um faster the drums are really banging it out and 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 again another freaking otherworldly solo that that they that you hear so just Great stuff. Doing time, the laugh again, and then spoken words. Um, yeah, it is an Aussie laugh. Is it Miracle Man laugh? I think that's the oh, song. There you go. Yeah. Isn't that the kind of one that he starts off with the laugh? Um, yeah, the uh the wind sound. It's it's that welcome to the jungle. <sighs> like build up that wind. Ah, oh, I don't know if it's a vocal thing that he's doing, but whatever. But it's the build up to like a welcome to the jungle, or as I put, like Sonny said, you could be mine. Uh, but it's it, it's uh, <laughs> the actual voice. Like I was literally waiting for like the beginning of uh, uh, you could be mine. The way he starts off singing, it's like uh, you know the whole you could be mine opening lyric. I'm a cold heart, fucking whatever. Uh, but it's the. It's so easy, bad obsession voice that he's using. Well, the same the same vocal coach that worked with M Shadows is the same vocal coach that worked with Axel. Yeah. So I think right there you're seeing that a lot in this song. But I can't stop thinking about doing it one more time. Oh no. 
<laughs> but I already left it and you're better off left behind. Oh boy, That's here we go. Fucking Axel singing bad obsession. That's it is. Same. It is. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Uh solo again is just blistering rocking. The song is decent. I wouldn't go further than that. I like it. It's okay. Um, and it is, it's it is just like, oh shit, does this guy do Axel stuff? Like yeah. you if you didn't know this band, it's like, oh, who's singing the third song? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. Um, yep. I don't know. I, th- I think the song is pretty good. So, <laughs> oh. ah, this means war. Others would say sad, but true part two. <laughs> so, okay. Get off, uh, event sevenfold for a second. Believe it or not, I'm a machine head fan. Oh I, no. The reason are, I be, are we, we, we going to talk, are we going to talk about Rob Flynn right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the reason I became a machine head fan, I had a very good friend that was dating one of the guys. So I saw them a bunch of times, you know, you just kind of get pounded over the head with the same music over and over and over. If it's got any kind of talent to it you just kind of gravitate towards it right so i got all the machine hit shit but when rob flynn came out and said oh this is a straight ripoff of sad but true all i could think of is dude shut the fuck up all you are is a jealous fuck because you don't have a number one album that's right and machine head will never have a number one album because they're well fucking machine head (laughs) it's just i hate that shit i hate it when you've got another musician talking shit about stuff that's selling Especially when, and I don't like it when Gene does it about Mick Jagger. Like, dude, they're the fucking stone. Leave the fucking stones alone. You know what I mean? So I just thought that was shit. Yeah. Okay. It sounds like sad, but true. Yeah. It's got the Metallica feel to it, but so did most of the other songs we talked about so far. You got the dueling guitars. 
Sinister's killing the solo again. Those earworms in the verses when M. Shadows will say a word like I and then it's repeated afterwards, or they do it in every word uh, verse with a different word, which is kind of cool. You got another tribal sounding chanting type chorus, which I'm sure again kills live. But the chorus is a little boring, right? The riff is cool, but I'm not sure I needed to hear the same riff for six fucking minutes. Like if you're gonna be mass appeal, you gotta cut this shit down by two minutes at least, right? And then I know we'll get to the video, but do we got to have a Rage Against the Machine fucking video on this top of this too? Like, I, it's okay. The song's okay to me. Yeah, the problem with this song is that it's just too much sad but true. It's You can't escape it when you hear it because I don't think it's a bad song. I, I think it's too long. It's a little bit too long. But I like, again, how they're switching it up. Now they're slowing it down, and they're going to show you that they can be that plodding, heavy riff laden band and they could do that and i think if anything stands out for this song i think it's m shadows vocals when he's hit when he hits that bridge and he's hitting those higher notes to me it's just it it sounds really really awesome the solo is weird it's like a noise rock type of solo that kind of transitions into like a little simple thing before it ends um i the i, I like if you listen to this because i've been listening to this album a lot while walking and running the lyrics are cool like again i've said it many times it's like cinematic telling like a story but it's too long and it's too sad, but true. It's it's not a bad song, um, but it's it suffers from that. And Rob Flynn can eat a dick because Machine Head's terrible. I've seen them open for a band before. They're not they're not good. So uh, this means war. It went to number four on mainstream rock. It's not a single. They didn't release it as a single. Um, I don't know. I don't listen to fucking Machine Head, Deep Purple, Rockhead, whatever the fuck that band is called. I don't know. <laughs> But it, it kind of brings you back to when Anthrax and Metallica used to shit on the bands that were selling. Yeah. Right. Yep. And throwing darts and calling them shit or or making fun of the clothes and all that. Oh, well, to each their own. Uh, this was on another game. WWE's 2K15. Another wrestling uh, connection there. Uh, yeah. So it takes after sad but true slash American badass. Um, <laughs> but it, I'd rather a riff take after a good riff than a fucking shitty one. Right. Uh, yeah. So good for them. They stole a riff. That sounds pretty good. Uh, the lyrics are pretty intense. The vocals are on point as usual. The chorus is like sunny. I'm like with him. This is, but I just called it something else. I just said, this is the psycho circus of choruses. Um, <laughs> just, you know, repeating the same thing, but yeah, it doesn't yeah. rhyme with anything. Just screaming it out. Uh, I do love the tone of his guitar. So these are things that are just always stick out throughout this album. The vocals are fantastic. This guy's got a very good voice. Um, I wouldn't be able to tell him apart from anybody, but I could see, I could tell he's got a great voice. Um, the guitar tone throughout this album is awesome. Yeah. Nice and sharp and crisp. Oh, it's awesome. Um, they did do a video. It's their tour of Latin America footage. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. The cool crowd footage, uh, which is interesting because the way every crowd, whether it's a kiss video or this outside the U S they look way more excited way more fanatic, way more into it than us U.S. fans sitting on our, sitting in our chairs and sitting down clapping, like you're standing up for a couple songs here and there. 
Don't you agree? Like this looked like it's it was pretty totally, insane. totally. And, and anytime you see those Central America, South America tour or whatever, the, the crowd that it's like, it's like they can't believe they've been allowed to go to a concert or something or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like they're just super of the crowds are huge and they just they're just incredible. It's so different. Yeah, I agree. Do you? Yeah. See when like, you see that fist pumping or whatever, yeah, it's yeah. like, Jesus Christ, like M. Shadow says, go kill. These people will just start killing each other. Right. Like, it would right. Be crazy. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You don't see that in the U.S. And, you know, the other right. sad part is, do you see a lot of kids that age into a rock band? Like, you know what I mean? Right. right. Like, where is the young kids like we would go to these concerts? They're not running to these bands. They're running to like the pop stars and sad. The other thing is these guitarists are pretty intense, right? Their sound, the songs. Jesus Christ. Why do they have the fucking Pearl Jam attitude of guitar playing? Like playing these intense solos and just being like, yeah, standing still. Stick a leg out, run around. Where's the Stevie Vi or even CC DeVille? Like, act like you're playing an intense solo. Give me some of that Ingve shit. Yeah, like, look at Eddie came out in like Panama solo in the video. He like flies on, he's on his knees, jumping up and down, or CC doing fucking cotwheels, whatever the fuck he's doing. Like, attention is given to that. Look at this crazy solo. Wow. It's awesome. These guys are like, <laughs> fucking BB King up there. Like, come on, move. I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Oh, it's, like it should fit the intensity, which they're playing. Um, I think the show should end right here because uh, <laughs> this next song, I don't think you guys are going to want me on here after this. You may, you, be, you might be surprised what we all agree on in the next one, but go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Sonny. You're up. Brody. Requiem. All right. So like I said, I've got this uh, person at work that knows Latin, you know, whether to speak it, read it. I don't know. So she said, uh, that's not grammatically correct, but this is what it loosely translates to. Keeping silence over these feelings of grief, I pray, let destruction reign. She that's said right. that's about that, the closest I can get to that's what, what I they're got. trying to say. She thinks that they changed up the words on that Latin thing. Cause it didn't like maybe rhyme with the melody or go with the melody. So they changed a couple of the words, but whatever. Um, you know, this is basically like you're trying to mix classical music, dark with groove metal. 
you know, it's a little bit musical theater, um, take some more to kind of their evil side. You know, you got the, like the chant vocals, right into the music. You got the riff is cool. You know, you get the, the strings later. You kind of got the dark atmosphere. The Wawa pedal gets a heavy workout in the fucking solo. I don't know what he says in the solo. And I don't like that weird melody when he says darkest Lord, your mercy shall I gain like that, that it's weird. It sounds off to me. So I don't know if he's singing minor notes. I don't know what it is, but it's, there's something off with it. Now I was listening to this while I was playing video games earlier. I actually like the song overall. Overall, I like the song. There's just a few things that bug me, but overall, I like it. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird song. So a requiem in the Catholic Church is a mass that is for the souls of the dead. So that's what requiem is. And a couple couple interviews, M. Shadows said to Kerrang magazine, we wanted to make an evil requiem instead of those ones that are about, oh Lord, save me. This one is about the Dark Lord coming to save you and resurrecting hell to do it. It's a crazy, out-of-control piece of music with orchestras, strings, and all sorts of madness. And then Sinister Gates told Music Radar, we wanted it to be a metal band's approach to classical orchestration. Matt's M. Shadows vocals is more like a lead violin part. When my guitar chugs underneath the riff, it's almost like what low brass would do. We layered each element very carefully, and the result is one of the more cinematic tracks on the record. The result is one of the worst songs on the record. <laughs> okay. Now it's Avenged Sevenfold. So I'm going to tolerate it because I love the, um, I love the vocals. I love the guitars, et cetera, but there's just, there's just too much going on here. The spoken word stuff. It's like, <laughs> there's just, it, it's, it's a, it's a disjointed song. Sonny, it kind of, it sounded like you kind of picked up on some of that, like vocally, like, like, the way the song is arranged. I, I get it. It's supposed to be a requiem. It's not supposed to be a, a hit record, um, but it's, yeah, it's this, this every album's got a, a few duds. Uh, this, this is a, this is kind of a dud for me. Requiem. Uh, as I said earlier, eight years of Latin down the drain. I had a fucking Google translate that shit. <laughs> um, you know, I wish the song stayed in Latin. It probably would have been better. Because it starts off bad and doesn't get any better. The song went down in flames, in flames, in flames, in flames. Yeah. It's it's word salad. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's just throw this out, throw this out, throw this word out. And, and just and the last part I'm trying to translate. I'm like, I, I fucking I even Google translate. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, I think it stands for sorry. We needed a filler. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I don't even want to say anything more than that. Um, let's go to the next track. Dark years brought endless rain. Say a hope that 
Crimson Day. So we get to the ballad. Here's what I'll say from the start. This thing gets released in 88. You got a top 10 hit. This thing is M Shadows is unbelievable voice-wise here because it shows the dynamics of what anybody who's trying to he's trying to emulate. Whether that's uh Axel, whether that's James Hetfield, or whether that's Mustaine, none of those guys could pull this off the way he pulled it off. Drums are great, they back off a little bit, which is important, but kind of accents in the right places. You got the epic feeling, got the emotional opening, you got the strings kind of showing up with the guitar, and then the guy who absolutely made the song was Sinister Gates because he could have really fucked up this solo by Vinnie Vincenting it up. Billy, 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 you know, that stupid shit <laughs> that we heard for 28 minutes at fucking Creature Fest. Instead, the solo's got a lot of feeling and it's short. Great song. A ballad for a metalcore band like this, dude, they hit it out of the park with Crimson Day. Yeah, you nailed it. It's fucking, it's spectacular. And Avenged Sevenfold is blessed to have M Shadows as a vocalist and Sinister Gates as a guitar player because th- the two of them, they shine on the whole album, in my opinion. But this one right here, the, the I keep saying this, the, the melodies and the harmonies that his voice is able to do and then that the solo, like I, I get the solo gives me goosebumps because the way it takes off, it's like a soaring emotional solo that fits so well with the tone of the song and the way it builds. And it it's just, it, it's a, it's really unusual to see a band like take this kind of risk. But I think Avenged Sevenfold knew where they were, were in their career at this, at this point where they said, hey, we can do this. And uh, they nailed it. It's, it's very well done. Crimson Day, so it's a ballad. The vocals are good. It it grew on me. It didn't grow on me that much. It, <laughs> I, I I liked it. it. It's it it started off a little different. It's almost reminded me of like those Dio Rainbow uh, slows ballads that they would do, Catch a Rainbow and stuff, and uh, oh Rainbow Eyes. Uh, you know, it's just. It, it's going, it's going. I'm wondering if it's going to go to a different place and it doesn't, but you know, it, it's uh, the vocals make this a decent song. Uh, I think if anybody else sings it and they can't sing it and hit those notes, it wouldn't. Um, but it, it grew on me. It got better as I listened to it more. They don't like, this doesn't have um, for me that welcome to the jungle, sweet child of mine. There's something I put on listen to the first time like holy shit i gotta go back and hit that song is awesome i played this album probably more than any album i've played to review on this show and because it's a new sound like the whole metalcore and all that stuff and new songs knew nothing about this band it, a lot of the songs bled now this yeah. one did not obviously because it's kind of uh the the slower ballad you know, I, I bet you in probably six months from now, I'll, I'll, I'll rank this higher, but mm-hmm. it grew on me after time. Uh, nice. I can say that. So cool. Crimson Day, let's go to the next song. For blood 
Heretic. So here's what uh, the dictionary says heretic means. A person believing in or practicing religious hearsay or a person holding an opinion at odds with what is generally accepted. Um, I don't know what any of that shit means. All I know is we got a catchy as hell fucking song. You got more of a mid-tempo type of song. You got the fade-in start, which I love. That guitar part in the verse with the chug-chug mixed in. Dude, that thing absolutely is an earworm. The drums sound great. Then you got like this acoustic guitar that starts before the solo starts, which the solo again is great. And what I love about the chorus is saying the two lines and then the third line is with a different voice. Dude, that absolutely made this chorus so much catchier. For Avenged Sevenfold fans, to me, this is a deep cut that should have been a single because I love this song. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, another, I love the upbeat tempo, and I like how the verses, the verses kind of breathe. You get the bait, you get that rolling bass line, but you get that little chug. And then again, I said it again, the bridge, the the melod, the melody into the bridge of the chorus. When he is, when his voice is going up and down, when he's saying, "I've been chosen to pay with my life," and he's like, "I've been cho-, like that," like just the up and down and. The, the 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 melody and what the drums are doing in the sneak in a little bit of the double bass during that chorus, but not enough to kind of overpower the song because it has its own tempo. Um, it just inc- again incredible harmonics between the voices, the vocals, and and the guitars. The breakdown, please don't leave me, and then it goes into like this just ripping solo, Sinister Gates again, just stealing it, um, to just just nailing it another again. To me, this is a good recovery from the, a middle album we talk about track listing a lot on ARC having this means war requiem and crimson day three in a row was a was a very bad idea uh, that was a bad idea to to throw those in the middle um to me heretic is the album getting back on track and uh yeah they they nail it here heretic cool riff this is about as melodic as can be catchy like as popish the you know the song is very popish. Tone it down a little bit and give this to Journey or something like that. Yeah, and Steve Perry. It's like separate ways, especially in the pre-chorus where he's dun dun dun. dun. It's it's got that popish feel to it. Uh, I like how he picks up and is screamed by the third line in each voice. It gets better and better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the bridge, please don't leave me. Yeah, that's not good. That, oh, that bridge come was, on. That, that was that wasn't. That was that was um I just want a Bob Ezrin bridge. Like no need for it. Get it out. It didn't need it. <laughs> the solo's great. Uh, again, this is a, a a nice surprise in the middle of this song. It's really catchy. And yeah. this is one that like I, I found myself keep going back to and really liked. Nice. So off to the next one. I've been away searching for a reason, another purpose to find. I've sailed the seas, fought my many demons. I've looked to gods in the skies. I've stood in hell. 
Coming home. All right. So two of you aren't huge Maiden fans, but this is straight up power slave era Maiden riff. Even when M shadow says I've stood in hell, dude, all I could hear was Bruce Dickinson. Like then I couldn't stop hearing Bruce Dickinson, which is great. Right. Um, M shadows voice. Great on the track. Great rasp. It's got, you know, there's like I said, movie soundtrack in the lyrics and kind of in the melody sinister gets a little long in the tooth on the solo here. Now, I don't know if we need a minute and a half and the chorus is a bit meh. So here's where just like Requiem, this is not the simple event sevenfold. This is where they're starting to get a little too complicated, a little too long in the tooth, a little too much shit going on. And somebody needed to tell them cut X, Y, Z out to make this thing shorter. Um, I think the drums sound great, but the song was just kind of a little bit meh to me. And uh, I have stared in the devil's eyes many times, thanks to Jack Daniel. So, but uh, yeah, the song was meh. How dare you? Me and you were sailing the seas of Avenge Sevenfold together. Of cheese. And we now, were sailing the seas of cheese. Now you are my heretic. My goodness. <laughs> how dare you? So, the beginning of this song is where I got hooked. So, it starts off with his, he's got the singing voice, quote unquote. Okay. Then he gets to the next thing where he says, I've stood in hell where many had to suffer. And that's when you hear that M shadows metal growl type thing. And when he says, I found the great gates of fire. And all of a sudden the band just crashes in together. And the song just takes over with that riff and the drums. And, and again, another very, very melodic yeah, there's not really a chorus when he's saying live again, all roads end, I'll be coming home. Like, again, that blending of vocals and guitar is just something I just I can't get enough of, of hearing this. And Sonny, you are so way off because in my notes here, this solo is off the fucking reservation for me. It, it First of all, it's incredible. Second of all, I love how when you think it's about to end, it just keeps going and it takes a right turn here and it takes a left turn there. And then one ends and then another one starts and then it just gets right back into um, right back into it. 
And I, and I love after the solo, how the lyrics start off with my story ends, not far from where it started. And I love That's that. Cool. And, and I love that. And then it, it, to me, this song is just, ah, how dare you call this meh? Oh, meh. <laughs> Coming home. Cinderella, Kiss, Keith Urban, Scorpions, Diddy, <laughs> Iron Maiden, Megadeth, Danger, Danger, Deep Purple, Leonard Skinner, just some of the bands <laughs> that have written a song called Coming Home. Holy shit. Um, I like how the voice picks up again in the second verse. The verses are really cool. Um, I like the song, but there's only one part I want to kind of echo on one of the points that you guys made, and that's Tom. I really like this guitar solo. It's the only one that I put really stood out, stood out for me. It's got that little switch six two five little song. Oh, it's <laughs> awesome in the middle there. And then it turns, and then all of a sudden it goes a different avenue. Another extended version of it. Uh, I think the outro on this guitar solo as well is really good. Mm-hmm. So I think the guitar playing on this in the um done by fucking Zachy Christ, whoever the fuck <laughs> this guy is, uh, did a great job on this. <laughs> Zachy Christ. Uh, you mean Sinister Gates? Yeah, that guy. Oh, settle down. Yeah, I, I really like the guitar solo on this one. Nice. So. All right. Oh, God. Here we go, baby. I think I've been waiting. I think I've been. I think I picked this album just so we could talk about this song. I think fists are going to collide. <laughs> go ahead. Let's uh, I'll start with the good. Like the way the drums intro. I love when it cuts out. It goes just to the guitar and then into the song. Total earworm. And I like that the vocals are a little more sinister, not sinister gates, but sinister. 
and just kind of shows the versatility of M Shadows. Uh, that's all I like about the song. This fucking War of the Worlds movie, modern metal shit that's got a terrible chorus. I have no idea why the brass instrument showed up again, because that's all weird. And to be honest, I got better things to do with six minutes than hearing fucking M Shadows telling me the planets fucking collide. Brutal song. Brutal. And it's not the worst song on the album, and it's brutal. <laughs> What the fuck? Oh, I know is, where he's going now. Is happening. Godless meteoric war. Anger our existence nevermore. That's me right now, Sonny. Listen to you talk about planets. <laughs> okay. First of all, I think that I think this is the metal fan in 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 me that 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 the uh, another incredible intro, like a brutal type. Like to me, this is the heaviest most metal song on the album, which I think it stands out for me, the guitars and what they're doing together with the crunching riff. I'm telling you right now, the double bass drums on the bridge into the chorus to me. And I think this is why I like Pantera. And I love, I fucking love when he is losing his shit saying when planets collide, that, that, that just like brutal vocal tone that he has, and at the end of the song, when the song is breaking down and he slows down and says when planets collide and then it just takes off into this insane solo, you got the horns doing the outro. To me, this song just checks off every fucking crazy metal guitar song. I, I love it. I, I knew you guys were going to hate it, but I, that, I, I love it. <laughs> planets. Again, I, I I feel that there's a little darkenish in here. I don't know George Lynch guitar playing stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to like <laughs> I, I I'm going to uh, make Sonny sound like he likes this song. Yeah. <laughs> Do <laughs> this, it. This song is what the fuck. It is horrendous it may have the worst chorus i've ever heard oh, it's so I love it. I love bad it. i love dude, it dude that is horrible now if it horrible, sounded no if it sounded horrible, like horrible. if it if it sounded like that it would be horrible but he's singing it so that's why it's awesome dude, dude, it um the best <laughs> thing i can say about this ah, decent solo this is this is uh, half Possession. Oh, my stop. world. That's insane. Purple haze, crocodile, intro to shame levels, is, horrendousness. Is this crazy. is, if if this album, if this was like, hey, we're going to do this, and you sent me this song, I'd really be like, oh, no. But the chorus nice is not the whole song. I can was, see if you don't like the chorus. I get it. The chorus, but the but the the guitars during the verse. I mean, the song rips. The chorus. Yeah, I understand if you don't like the chorus. He's screaming and wailing. It kind of it can be a mess. But it's not just the, the chorus. It, there's more it, to the song than the okay, chorus. Okay, but when you hear this song, yeah, and you, like I said, this is the most played album I've ever played to study. Good. And this comes on, and this song, and you're just driving, and this fucking chorus keeps coming. <laughs> It became a running theme when this came on when I drove my daughter to school. I go, here we go. Well, see, you bring up a good point because I always look, we should have a segment. I always look forward to what does Natalia think of this, <laughs> of the album? I didn't even say, I was just oh. like mocking it to her. 
And she just like, dad, stop. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm being serious because I, I, I like to hear the impressions like of, of like what, what a maybe one of these days we'll have all three of our kids review some of our shit. Oh, that'd be great because we got. Yeah, because that's what people want to listen to. Our kids. Why not? Sonny, Sonny <laughs> just dropped a new a new episode with his daughter. It was great. Our because she's smart. comparing was- her opinion to Sonny's. Of course, it's going to be better. <laughs> that's good. But that's a good point. I'm just saying, dude, I, like if you took out that chorus, I'd say the song is pretty meh. If okay. that you add that chorus in and it makes it is- awesome. it stands out just like murder it like stands out in to me like everything else in the song i can't think of i only think of that i love it so let's see because i've got a feeling we're going to be on the same path let's see if i'm right about this last track okay Acid rain. All right. So let's start with the good again. Uh, the piano was nice. Uh, that's it. <laughs> okay. Cause it quickly got to movie soundtrack, fucking heavy keys throughout the song. Even the guitar solo Dude, the guitar solos, like dreary. The song was dreary enough. The last minute was a complete waste of my life. Now, if they were shooting for use your illusion to fucking M shadows, swimming with dolphins and sinister rising out of the water to play a fucking solo, they missed bad. They ended this album with a big fat fucking thud because this song absolutely sucks. And because I hate it and because it sounds like it's strange, I figured Tommy fucking loves this song and it's going to be number one. 
No, I don't love this song. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I will say this. I think I enjoy M Shadow's voice, especially when he's doing the ballad type song. So I'll give him that. But when I hear the be- when I hear the beginning of this song, this is the song that should be rolling the credits at the end of like a zombie apocalypse movie, as the father has his kids in his arms and his neighborhood is in ashes behind him with like bodies laying all over the place. Like maybe that's just because I've been listening to the lyrics of this entire album and everything is death and destruction. So by the time the name of the song is acid rain, um, his vocals to me are, are what carry the song just because I enjoy listening to him. It's not it. Crimson day was a spectacular. This is way down on the, on the list of ballads compared to crimson day. They're trying something like that. Um, I don't, I don't hate it as much as you do, but I'm not a huge fan of it. I thought we were going to have a trifecta of what? Everybody hating it? No. Everybody liking it? Acid Rain. I thought we were going to have a trifecta of like Suicide and Outlaw Torn. Oh, with me and you loving it? At the last song. Oh, yeah. Epic thing. And then Sonny hating it. Uh, I really like this. Really? Okay. Wow. That's surprising. I like that, the whole piano, the helicopter, and it comes out that long rainstorm outro. And you know what it reminds me of? Riders on the storm. Oh, okay. Oh, the doors. Ooh, Sonny, the what are you, you going to do? We do a doors album. I love the doors. Oh, oh really? You don't yeah, sense top that. Top hundred band for me. Top, wow. I love top that. 10,000 band. <laughs> Cinderella ain't on that list. Rat's not on that list. Cinderella, spin it one more time. Um, the riders on the storm part where like, yeah. the little rain's dropping you yeah. hear, like a helicopter. Isn't there a mm-hmm. helicopter sound in the beginning of this shit, too? The vocals are fantastic. This guy's got a killer voice. I, I just like it because it seems like their epic closer, a little, you're right, a strange, a kind of a song that's different on the album. They went and tried to do something completely off. And this song, to me, stood out. Like when I'm hearing stuff that's, again, that tone, that metalcore, all that stuff. And this song comes on. Obviously, I could tell this is different. Oh, I'll remember that song. And the other ones kind of bleed a little bit. But this one's, a, I think the chorus is great. It's got a beautiful, melodic, very mm-hmm. melodic solo. Mm-hmm. And yeah, long, it does. A little rainstorm outro. Yeah. If you don't have the volume up, you're like, am I hearing silence for the last fucking minute? Right. You got to really kind of turn it up. But um, yeah, I thought this was different. I liked it. Yeah. I don't. Uh, so I guess we're all different levels. You love it. I, I like it. Sonny hates it. <laughs> Sonny despises it. Oh, yes. God. Come on. All right. So that's the uh, end of this album. Um, Want to give final thoughts? Start with Sonny. Yeah. So. All right. So 2013, basically Avenged Sevenfold decides to do everything that was popular 20 years before that, right? Whether it's GNR, Metallica, Megadeth, Maiden, ACDC, they just kind of took it all and threw it on this album. For the most part, it works for me. It is a good mix. And M Shadows is better than most of the singers I just named, right? So it does work. I got to be in a mood for stuff like this, though. Like, I've got this aggressive playlist that has Metallica, Megadeth, Disturbed, Godsmack, Bullet, Event Sevenfold, 
I listened to that playlist or songs from that playlist when I got to go send a hard message, right? I'm about to go walk the building and kick somebody's ass. And it's like, all right, I'm going to have to put this on for about five, six minutes and get the right songs and flip through some songs and just get the right mood. Um, but it works. Overall, I like Avenged Sevenfold. I would say I like more than I don't like. And they're usually hit about a 70, 80% likeness meter for me on every album. Um, and that's even though they've changed through time. So uh, overall, good album. Yeah, before I give my final thoughts, I just want to give like a quick 10-second comment on the bonus track. I know we don't talk about bonus tracks. It won't be included in the rankings, and Zeus won't play the clip, but that that, that the bonus track, St. James, that was written for the drummer who passed away, if that was part of this album, that probably would have been a top three song for me on this album. That's all I'll say about St. James. So if you listen to this album, check out the bonus track. Um, but in terms of this album, for me, I told you earlier in the episode, uh, th- this is an all-timer for me. I listen to this album literally all the time. Um, it's a go-to album for me when I'm not sure what I want to listen to. Cause I know I'm just going to enjoy this. There's a couple songs on here that don't really do it for me, but they're still Avenge sevenfold. It's still M shadows, sinister gates, all those guys doing the, their things that I love. Um, to me, this is what I want to hear. I know that I'm probably the, I'm probably not the right Avenge sevenfold fan because I'm not, oh, what are you talking about? City of evils, their best album or whatever. I like them all, but this is the one album that I go to because of, the crunch of the guitars, the simple construction of the songs, the vocals. Um, it's just a standout metal album for me. Sonny said it best when he was doing his, you know, the, the track by track, talking about the inspirations, you know, the Metallica, the Megadeth, the Iron Maiden, the classic stuff, but giving it their own, their own flavor. Um, just it's a standout album for me. Just a great one. I go to all the time. All right. So for me, I, I knew nothing about this band. I'm glad I got to experience it. Uh, I'm glad you picked this. Um, I like, I, I think I'll use what Sonny said. I like most, more of this than I dislike. Nice. It's, there's some hit and miss here, obviously, but that you're going to get that with most every band. Not every band's going to have a perfect album that we're going to review. Right. So um, I, I, I like that. Now I have this, uh, a concept of what this is. And if I hear it, if I pick it up and if they come in town, I, I, I know myself. There's nothing really other than the, that song. I laugh about it. Those two of the songs there that I'm like, oh, this is just unpleasant. I don't want to listen to this. This yeah. isn't Morrissey shit <laughs> like that, that I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I just physically cannot listen to this. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of good parts here. I mean, the vocals are off the charts, the guitars, the drums. Like, this is a very talented band. They're not singing stupid shit. They're not too morbid and death metal, and they don't have cookie monster vocals. So mm-hmm. I, I I can see why the this band is popular, and I'll probably, um, you know, in six months from now, I'll tell you how much I really like this album, and cool. hopefully buy more albums from them. We'll see. Who knows? Cool. All right. Nice. I can't believe you were talking shit about Morrissey. Morrissey is as influential as princes to this generation. Like Morrissey's amazing. Dude, what Morrissey. the fuck don't you like about Morrissey? Morrissey is horrendous. Are you? Sh- no, yo, give me the sunny laugh. I can't tell him. I can't. I'm fucking with you. Yeah, oh my God. You, dude. I can't God. stand Morrissey. Oh my God. You made me nervous for a minute because you're my friend. I didn't want to really shit on you that bad. Cause you seemed very passionate about what you were saying, but I was like, this can't be real. Dude, 
we at one point I, I'll give you a, I'll give you a quick Morrissey story. At one point, at Lost, why do you have a Morrissey story? Yeah, <laughs> because you got to hear it. This is okay. about it's not about how good he is. Okay. Uh, so at one point in law school, there would be breaks in between classes, and I'd have to drive to Andover. So it's not like I'm driving home and coming back, Tom. You would know the distance. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there was an older kid that had a house that lived nearby. So sometimes we'd go there for lunch. He loved Morrissey. He would play it at his house and be like, and one of the other kids would be like, oh, yeah, I, I really, I, I kind of enjoy this. And then he turned to me like, this is fucking horrendous. I stopped going. I sat in my car yeah. for like lunch break because I would rather do that than go to this guy's house, relax, because he would play Morrissey. I That's agree with all that. that. Like that is. It was like unpleasant. <laughs> I would do the same thing. Yes. yes. That's yes. my Morrissey story. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, good. Now, let's go to uh, the song rankings. Ken songs. Uh, Tom, your album. Why don't you go? All right. I will start. Number 10, Requiem. Easy. Okay. Number 10. And with a bullet and going top five bottom of all time is Planets. That Woo! is. Wow. My goodness. Yeah, before I rank, I'll tell you, I thought it was six great songs, two meh, two duds. And the dud of the duds was Acid Rain. That's my <laughs> Ooh, really? Okay. Oh, wow. Dude, I, I can handle yeah. planets collide better than I can handle <laughs> fucking Acid Rain. I think we need to do a planets collide fucking uh, contest of the chorus and see who wins. Because we haven't heard yours yet, Tom. You don't want to hear mine. <laughs> Have Scout bark it out. I'll, I'll, he can, I'll, put, I'll put him. I'll bring him in. He'll do it. Row, 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 row. My number nine, this means war. Wow. Wow. I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, Requiem for me, number nine. Number nine for me is Planets Collide. It's a madhouse. Scooby Doo doing that. Doing Ooh, planets Collide. Scooby Doo said Planets Collide. My number eight, Acid Rain. Oh, uh, number eight, Doing Time. Oh, wow. My number eight was This Means War. My number seven was Crimson Day. So I had all the bat, all the, all those. Then, then my top six could be pretty much shuffled on any day. I do like Crimson Day, but I'm just breaking it low because it's a ballad. Uh, seven. This means war. My number seven was coming home. Mm. Number six for me, doing time. Uh, six Crimson Day. My number six, Requiem. I actually like that song. Wow. Uh, number five, Heretic. Uh, five, Coming Home. My number five was Shepherd of Fire. <laughs> number four, Hail to the King. These could be shuffled up for me at any time. These are all standouts for me. But Number four for me, Heretic. Uh, number four for me, Crimson Day. 
Number three, Shepherd of Fire. Number three, Shepherd of Fire. Number three for me was Hail to the King. Number two, and it's funny, it was literally almost number one, Planets. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Yep. Wow. Wow. When we rate these, this song is going to be so fucked up. See, see, I'm glad. Now I can't wait to see what happens when I pick a Pantera album. Oh, it's going to be even better. Oh, God. Yep. Uh, Number two. Yes. Acid Rain. Number two. I love it. Wow. Very different. A number two for me is Heretic. Too catchy. Number one for me, Coming Home, checks off all the boxes. That solo just seals it for me. Uh, number one for me, Hail to the King with that opening fucking line. Mm. It just starts off in kick-ass song. Mm-hmm. And number one for me is Doing Time because I want that shit on Appetite. Oh. That, mm. that song is great. Everybody's great song. doing time. It sounded just like Axel when he was singing. It oh, did. Yeah. It yeah. does. It's very. Yep. All right. So top four at number four, we got coming home tied for second was heretic and shepherd of fire. And number one was hail to the King. Nice. Yep. Yep. Cool. Well, what we do next is we go to album covers. Tom, you want to read uh, what we've done so far for albums in general? Yep. We have done Appetite for Destruction, Slide It In, OU812, Super Unknown, Pyromania, Load, Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, Blizzard of Oz, Jar of Flies, Winger, Single Soundtrack, Mechanical Resonance, Odyssey, Hailstorm, Detonator, Highway to Hell, Once Bitten, Look What the Cat Dragged In, Hotel California, Back for the Attack, 10, Bad English, Down to Earth, Shout at the Devil, Slave to the Grind, Purple Rain, Heat 2, Use Your Illusion 2, Night Songs, and now we have done Hail to the King. All right, Tom, you're up first, buddy. You, uh, it's your album. All right, so for rankings... Uh, right now, my top five album covers are number five, Appetite, number four, Peace of Mind, number three, Highway to Hell, number two, Blizzard of Oz, number one, Purple Rain. Um, I'm putting Hail to the King, and we're ranking this based on the the, the, the standard black with the death bat guy yep. on it. Yep. Uh, I'm going to put it at number nine, uh, below Shout at the Devil and above Pearl Jam 10. Wow. Simple but cool. Gotcha. All right, so for me, going backwards, five is slided in, four, peace of mind, three, appetite, two, blizzard, one, hotel, California. Um, the cover's not bad. I think it's actually pretty good. Um, I will put this at, uh, let's put this at number number 11 move night songs down and once it's just under once bidding because that i that chick is so smoking <laughs> wow okay my top five once uh, once bitten four hotel three purple rain two slided in one piece of mind 
I got this thing at number 19. Okay. Behind Use Your Illusion 2 and right before the Gap Tooth Bad, bad English. <laughs> Gap Tooth. <laughs> nice. <laughs> With a lion tamer? Oh, yuck. All right. So that's number 19. All right. Here comes the difficult part. We're going to go by album rankings. Yeah, this was not easy because we got a lot of stuff in here. And Hail to the King is like very, very new. Talking about a lot of 80s and 90s classics here. Um, So my top five right now is number five, the single soundtrack. Number four, Mechanical Resonance. Number three, 10. Number two, Shout at the Devil. And number one, Purple Rain. Hail to the King slides in to the number five spot for me. Oh, God. It's an album that I, li- it's an album that I listen to all the time. It's probably because it's new when I haven't had 40 years or 30 years exposure to it. Um, so it's number five for me right now. Wow. Yep. All right. Uh, number five for me was back for the attack Four Appetite, three pyromania Two blizzard one hotel, California. Where the fuck am I putting this one? Um, let's see. Um, I'm going to put this at number 23. Okay. Which is ridiculous because I don't like this better than Hailstorm. And how do I have Hailstorm at 25? I do not understand. Can I move that? Jesus. Um, yeah, at 23, uh, under load and above purple rain. Okay. You brought up a good point, by the way. I was I, I was thinking if if we had like a do-over, like if you get like if you had like one do-over to re-rank something, maybe we'll talk about that in the future for an ARC episode. Oh, hailstorm. It would definitely move up. I've yeah. listened to that more and more and more. Yep. All right. So my top five right now, I got mechanical resonance of five, four appetite, three slided in, two hailstorm, one purple rain. I've got Hail to the King at number 19. Mm. So it's uh, behind Shout at the Devil, but above Blizzard of Oz. Wow. 19. I thought you'd be a little bit higher because I know you're an Avenged ah, Sevenfold fan. Blizzard of Oz at number 20. Holy yeah. shit. Because there's some pl- shit songs how, on that album. How could you have Planets <laughs> last? Planets. <laughs> Fucking Planets. <laughs> All right. Guys, um, what we do next is we go to this. Tom, you lead us off, brother. All right. I'm going to go with something brand new and recent and current that is making me rock hard. And that is my son and I went to the early Thursday night premiere of the new Thor love and thunder. Uh, We're big Marvel fans. We've seen pretty much with the exception of maybe two, we've seen pretty much every Marvel movie in the theaters, the big event for me and my son ever since he was little. Uh, This one was a blast, a ton of fun. Um, Does it really add anything to the MCU? If you're a Marvel geek, not really, but it's just fun summer. Um, it's got tons of laughs, tons of action. Um, it surprisingly had a lot of uh, emotion that I wasn't really prepared for, especially in the current state that I'm in right now. I wasn't ready for that. Christian Bale plays Gore, the God Butcher. 
one of the greatest on-screen villains you've ever seen because Christian Bale doesn't do anything half-assed. So the role he plays in this is friggin' spectacular. Um, if you're a Marvel Marvel fan, you have to see it. Even if you're not a huge Marvel fan, it's really fun. It's well-made. Natalie Portman's in it. Um, Chris Hemsworth is a standout. Christian Bale is the villain. is just awesome. Um, Tessa Thompson is, is, is in there too. Uh, great stuff. Fun summertime movie. Highly recommend it. Thor Love and Thunder. Dude, just for fucking Natalie Portman. Yeah, she's hot in this. Believe oh. me. Yes. So I love the Marvel movies. I love the DC movies too. I'm just a, I, I love those type of movies. I haven't seen the Thor movie yet. Okay. But dude, the, the marketing and yeah. like the branding, yeah. they made it very cartoony. I'm like, dude, are you going like slapstick funny here? It, well, or are they we did- sticking to the serious Thor? Cause Thor's a little more serious with a bit of clever, really. Well, they did that because so the first two Thor movies, Chris Hemsworth went to Marvel and said, I feel like I'm kind of suffocating with this Thor role here because I'm not really doing anything. And if you know Chris Hemsworth before he took on the role of Thor, he was he's been in some movies where he kind of has a little bit of a sly sense of humor. He has like an edge to him. So the director of Love and Thunder was the director that did Thor Ragnarok, which was the first one where they kind of injected some of that like humor, some of that like comedic stuff. So they brought back that same director for this and they 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 did that. There's a it's a really good blend of laughs and stupidity stuff and then thor like action you know fighting scenes you know with with the christian bale villain and stuff so it checks off a lot of boxes for me i liked it for a lot of marvel fans they think it checked off too many boxes but i really i really enjoyed it i've never seen all of them so okay i i don't know yeah yeah i'm still stuck if i i'm i've been watching him trying to go catch up from the um from the timeline as when they were released, not the actual timeline. Oh, yes. I'm still on the one where the, there's a fucking raccoon guy. Oh, the Guardians oh, of the, the Galaxy. Yeah. I'm yeah, up to yeah, that. Yeah. So I'm yeah, way, way behind. behind. I still don't know what happened in Endgame. So I hope oh, no one's Jesus the hell. Yeah. I don't oh, know wow. who's alive wow. and who yeah. does new movies. So this okay. is all new to me. So go Okay. Ahead. Yeah. Okay. But Tom, they had, you know, it felt like Space Jam. Yeah. Like they're marketing it like <laughs> a Space Jam. I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you right now, there's four Guns N' Roses songs in this movie. Yeah, I heard one of them yeah, already. Yeah. 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 I, it's I good, will though. say that uh for what I know, I agree with Sonny on this. Like they it just seemed like this one looks like little stupid, mm. like love thing. Like it was like Joe, like, is this a romantic comedy? It's not it didn't seem like they were advertising this as they do other Marvel movies. No, and they, that was the point. That was the point of it. If I, I still would I I would urge you to see. I think you'll enjoy it. It's got a lot. Okay. So uh, mine is uh, Elvis, the movie. You knew I was going to talk about this. Oh, nice. Came out. Yeah. Uh, I saw it opening day. Uh, I I can tell you it is. uh, They did a great job on it. Uh, I like everyone that loves uh, super like uh, their um, big hero or music thing. And you see these documentaries. Like if you're a big queen fan or the Elton John one, you're like, are they going to do this right? Are they going to fuck this up? I am happy to say it, the worst thing I can say about this fucking movie is Tom Hanks. Hmm. It, it just, it that's just what looked, I, that was some of the downside. He just looks I heard. weird. And he just, the accent and stuff. It's okay. But it's still Tom Hanks. So the guy that plays Elvis does a tremendous job. Now I'm not a big fan of once upon a time in Hollywood, 
I don't know if any you both seen that movie, right? It's, it's the worst Tarantino movie yeah, by far, except for the last ten minutes. Yes, and he's in that last ten minutes. He yep. was one of the killers that came out. Remember at the end of the movie when he's like, "Yep," and he's all stoned, and he's like, "What's your name?" And <laughs> yes. he's like, "I'm the devil," and the devil's come to kill you. And he's like, "Nah, it was something stupider than that." <laughs> like, that was yeah. him. Yeah. Um. So I never really recognized him from anything, but man, this guy kills it. Every little thing, because I know the 68 comeback special like the back of my hand. I've seen that more than any fucking kiss thing ever. I've seen his 56 stuff. I, was, I, I know every little move. He It was right down to the T. Everything. Now, wow. I don't know this fucking Baz Lerman shit. He gets, he's you know, he does all those musicals. He's hit or miss. People either love him or hate him. They did a good job. You can't do all of Elvis's story and fit it in. So I'm sure there are people like, oh, you didn't do this. Like kiss tards do. Oh, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. But they did enough. Okay. And the best part is they expanded the 68 comeback special and put a lot of emphasis on that and talked about the stuff that Elvis gets criticized that he was just a sheep, you know, just listening to Mm. the park, Colonel Parker, tell him what to do. They really did a great job on that part showing where, he finally is like, you know what? This is my, I want to do what I want to do. Fuck you. And uh, I, I really loved it. I, I can't say enough about it. The family supported the movie. Uh, it's done really well. And it's done in the, uh, they're getting a lot of accolades for it. It's great. And uh, if you are a fan of Elvis, you've seen it. But if you're not sure, it's a great biopic that you will not be bored of it. Who's, who's running the Elvis like a state right now? Like who's like in, running that show? So, Priscilla came in eventually and cleaned it up because the Colonel was fucking dude. Yeah. He was taking 50% of Elvis's fucking money. Posse wow. had ownership and everything else. Yeah. And you'll see from the movie, the stuff beyond like literally um, robbed him blind into the point where Elvis died. Remember yeah. I made a joke about it last week. About yeah. 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 Ace looking <laughs> like he's fucking dead and someone's just propping him up there to make money. Yep. And he looks like he shouldn't be up there. It is like that in the movie where like Colonel Park is like well, Elvis collapsed before thing because he's all he does is take drugs to stay up at night to do his shows nonstop. And on that high, he has to take all sorts of tranquilizers pills just so he can sleep, which I always say is the biggest killer of all celebrities mm. sleep. Yeah. Prince, Michael Jackson, Elvis, Whitney Houston, all these people, fucking Tom Petty, they're all get involved in drugs. It's not cocaine overdoses or heroin it's people that they can't get their sleeping habits to get that high to stay up in concerts and that low to to be able to you know relax afterwards and get some energy and it's a it's a shame it, um but as far as the uh the family comes in at some point priscilla comes in because she protected her kids estate and thank god dude elvis never used a real accounting system he paid like 90%. His father was arrested years ago when he was a child for a bad check. So they never wanted to fuck with the government. Yeah. So he would just write the check. What do I owe? Okay, here you go. Yeah. It's fucking insane. There was wow. no protection. They were bleeding money. So then Priscilla came in and helped it out, opened up Graceland to the public. Elvis to this day is still probably a top 10 like maker of money. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, totally. Celebrity and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Graceland's the second most visited place in this country. Besides second, Disney World? Probably. Yeah. I don't know what the first is, but yeah. Graceland is number two. 
And uh, maybe number then, maybe the first is the Kiss Mini Golf. Maybe that's number one. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah. And in the end, I think uh, um, Lisa Marie got to the age where she inherited it all. Okay. So she kind of her and Priscilla and all them they run it and they do a great job of it. They really nice. do. Cool. Um, so yeah, I, I recommend go seeing it. It's 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 a good movie. It's a, good. they do a great job with it. So. All right. So for me, um, you know, I watch a lot of Netflix and, uh, I'm a cable guy, but I do watch enough Netflix and Amazon prime and that kind of stuff. And when you go to their, uh, Netflix, I guess, um, movies that are just Netflix or Amazon prime made for Amazon prime type movies, I would tell you the hit rates like 30%. Like you watch 10 yeah, movies, that's, that's right. you might like three of them. And I don't know if it's the writing. I don't know if they don't take a left time to really, iron out the storyline before they put it out. I'm not exactly sure what they do wrong, but Mm. when they get it though, they get it pretty good. And one of the movies that uh, I watched again yesterday is a movie called Jolt. So 2021 Amazon prime, the lead actress is Kate Beckinsale. And she, yeah. And she's, (laughs) I mean, in 2021, that puts her at 48. Dude, she looks good for 48. Now what's interesting about Kate though, for me, I like her better when she's mad. Like she's not <laughs> super hot when she's like smiling. Normally I love a smile on a pretty woman for her. It's more about when she's pissed off. She seems yeah. like she's really more attractive. That's why I'd like the underworld movies and stuff of the two thousands where I think so good is because well, she's those, in black leather, just kicking everybody's ass. Yeah. Those movies are not great. She makes them great. Yeah. 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 So this movie, the storyline's interesting because it's about her having intermittent explosive disorder. So basically here's the deal. I have she that. hates fucking people. She hates people. Yep. So there's a, there's a, there's what's a time. R- what's wrong movie. with that? <laughs> yeah. There's a time in the movie where she's in the bathroom and some chick is in one of the stalls talking to somebody and she basically kicks the door in and beats the shit out of the lady. Like she can't, it's like things that don't even really happen to her, like set her off. So they weigh, they've tried everything. They've tried the military. They've tried drugs. They've tried everything to get this out of her and they can't get it out of her. So finally, this doctor comes up with a vest that she wears. And basically she has a, uh, a button that she can press and the vest gives her a jolt that takes this disorder out of her. So she doesn't end up killing the person she's with. What? Yeah. So that's what the storyline's all about. Wow. And basically- she finally finds a guy she likes and can tolerate and can take the vest off and somebody kills the dude. So she's not happy about that. Oh, what's the name of this movie again? <laughs> Jolt. Jolt. Wasn't yeah. there a, a kid cartoon movie about a dog named yes. that? Yes. No, that was Bolt. Yeah, that was Bolt. <laughs> no, there was a there was a Jolt Cola. Yeah. Remember? And they yeah. used to, they used to, the marketing campaign was that it had twice the sugar and twice the caffeine is Coke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you want to check this movie out because it's, like it. it's, like, it's what good. you would say in the VH day, VH, VHS days, a B movie. It's basically yeah. a B movie. But <laughs> because she hates people, it is so great. It like is, it. It's everything you would want to do. And you, at the end, you feel like you most likely. Need a vest. Like she's got a psychiatrist. So like when she goes and talks to the psychiatrist, he has a gun that he has his hand on just in case she freaks out. She has to cuff herself to the chair so she can be in the room. 
Like, it's that kind of shit. Nice. Love it. Settle down. Jesus. Love it. (laughs) Wow. Well, on that happy note, um, Sonny, where can we find you? Uh, Growinguprock.com is probably the easiest place. Um, Podcast Rock City, we're on every Sunday live. Um, You know, I'm on Twitter and and Facebook and wherever else, but uh, I'm easy to find. Yeah, so if you're listening to us for the first time, uh, we are an all-kiss podcast that drops new episodes every Saturday, and we do these ARC album review crew episodes once a month. Uh, we rotate between, uh, you know, we each take turns picking. Uh, obviously, this month was me. Uh, next month is Sunny, then Zeus, and then we go back to our Patreon pick. So if you're interested in that, you can check us out on Patreon.com or Patreon the app. There's a lot that we do. Uh, you can find us best place. Go to our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. We have all of our episodes, all of our song rankings, uh, all that fun stuff. You can buy merch from there. You can visit our Amazon link to shop from there. Uh, everything's there for you. And our email address, shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. And we're very active on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, so check us out. We're easy to find. Yeah, you can always DM us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We do respond. And uh, don't forget to go to our YouTube YouTube. channel uh, right there. I think we're, I don't know, we're we're like 600 something. So the next one is 700. So make sure you subscribe to us over there. And then finally, if you can, please go and give us one of those five star star child reviews on Apple iTunes, on Stitcher, Spotify, Facebook, Podchaser, wherever you can. It's always greatly appreciated. Moves us up the food chain, gets other people to uh, find our show and uh, join in on the fun. Uh, I always want to remind you guys, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Send the emails, especially for these episodes. We really like the emails. And don't forget the website, shoutitoutloudcast.com, shoutitoutloudcast.com. You can come and see where we rank all these albums, all these songs. And uh, I am dying to see where these songs rank up uh, on the top songs that we have, top 20 or the bottom 10. So we'll find out soon enough. Um, Other than that, we usually end with famous last words. So why don't you lead us off, Tom? Damage. Galaxy destruct, endless celestial orbit corrupt. You will be forgotten like the others lost in time. Dead civilization left behind. When planets <laughs> are lost. God, that was so much better. <laughs> <clears throat> I thought I'd save it for the end. Oh. <laughs> All right, I I can do this one. Next one. Um, Watch your tongue or have it cut from your head. Save your life by keeping whispers unsaid. Children roam the streets now orphans of war. Bodies hanging in the streets to a door. What a habit. This is like a holiday album. My flesh will feed the demon. No trial, no case for reason. 
I've been chosen to pay with my life. Madmen define what mad is. Ooh, I like it. All the extra singing you got from the three of us today, free of charge. Free of charge. Yep. We won't even no we won't have to pay any bills for that. Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's free. Yeah, there'll be no Patreon to listen to me sing planets for the for a fourth. Yeah, there'll time. be a Patreon bonus episode of Zeus doing karaoke to this entire album. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh Tom, Sonny. Uh, Loudcasters, Kiss Army, whoever else is fucking listening. Uh, does Avenge Sevenfold have a, a, a fan base? They call themselves something. Uh, they have a website. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they call themselves the Zacky Vengeance people. I don't know. The Zacky, Johnny, Zacky the Christ, jo- the Johnny Christ Todds, Johnny Coolballs, and the rest of the gang. Thank you. Yeah, they don't have a cool name, but they have unbridled enthusiasm. <laughs> That's interesting. Great time as always. We're back, baby. We're back. And it's my next pick. Oh. And I promise it won't be planets collide. <laughs> guys, great to be back. Uh, thank you again for all the support from everybody out there, including you guys, of course, and all the listeners and loudcasters. Great to be back and uh fun album to talk about. I'm glad we had some fun with this one. So thank you guys. Peace out, Girl Scout. Mother of all, your time is coming, one with eternity, when planets collide, planets collide. It's NFL draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football fantasypoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points fantasypoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play whether you play fantasy football daily fantasy sports or do a little bit of everything fantasy points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.